0: Hello there, welcome to episode 17 of Moving Picture Madness, (MPM). for those in the know. My name is Matt Hudson and I'm joined by a magical man, a smouldering slab of man himself. It's Ant. How are you doing, mate? I'm good.
1: <laughs> a smouldering slab of man. You, you're yes, really sir. taking these to new heights now, aren't you?
0: You can just imagine like a bloke that's covered in like cooking oil just walking out <laughs> in the sun. No, I don't look I like, like it, that.
1: Too. I have just like ran through town to to get back to get recording on time, though. And uh, I was definitely a, a, a slumbering slab of man at that point. Just I was telling Matt a minute ago I had the biggest like leather coat on because it was freezing. But then once you once you start picking up the pace. Uh, yeah, it's it's not so cold. I'm sweating like mad, running through a multi-storey car park, just bashing everyone out of the way. Everyone's like, what's he doing? Oh, it's that
0: guy from MPM. Let him through. Let him through. They're just teasing everyone. Yeah. His big leather coats, smashing people out. the way, all sweaty. And all. I mean, Christ, it's like Bo- Mills and Boons over here. Um, <laughs> are you okay, though, mate, other done that?
1: Yes, I'm good. I'm drinking uh, San Pellegrino Limonata.
0: Oh, I had the orange one the other day. There's, there's my most, that's the most boring fact you're going to hear off me today, but I bought this- the orange one. So good, it's really good, isn't it? I a don't like think grapefruit one,
1: mm, yeah, they're very good. a bit expensive, but good. It's the kind of thing you drink like when you're on holiday, isn't it? But I just bought it because, well, when you're a bit sad, you just drink one of these and pretend you're on holiday while you're
0: recording a I podcast, see. yeah. Just look at the window and pretend, oh, Greece looks a bit cold today, or wherever <laughs> you want to call it, that late coma, yeah. yeah. Good to hear, my friend. So, now episode 17. Uh, and do the honours. What are we talking about this week?
1: We're talking about. The old, the old wizarding world of Harry Potter and Ooh, um, everything awesome. else that comes with it, yeah. Uh, just preface Thanks. it by saying, Matt and I are experts at many things, many that we've covered so far on NPM, um, but I've only just recently watched all these films for the first time, and I've never read the books. Um, I don't know, what's, what's your history with Harry Potter, Matt?
0: I've never read the books. I've seen them and I've sold them when I worked in retail. I've watched the films... Uh, about seven years ago, and then I've rewatched them since. And and for this show, I've um, dabbled in a few of them. So yeah, I'm fairly clued up on the films and, and the world. And we're going to get you, more did into. Did you not watch
1: them at the time in the cinema and stuff then?
0: No, 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 no. I was far too cool for that, mate.
1: It was prequel time, wasn't it? For, for yeah, I, was
0: so. like, I ain't gonna. I'm not going to go and watch some dork with glasses and a wand, I'm going to, but I'm going to go and watch some beefcake with a lightsaber. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, no, I never did watch them. I didn't watch them in a the cinema. Um, I just wasn't um, interested in them. I don't know why. I, again, I did. I, didn't the book.
1: Well, like, I, was, I was being taken to the cinema. It was one of those where like, my older brother and my mum and my dad, I think, all wanted to see it. So I just like went with it. I don't remember anything from it in the cinema at all. But I did go to the cinema... This earlier this year, uh, to watch the first one with Beth because they Sweet. were just putting it back on, and uh, yeah, that was
0: it was it was a magical time.
1: It was very good. Medical
0: time, Potter. I'd like yeah. to have watched them in the cinemas, or even if, even on the re-release, just to see. I like watching any film in the just, big just screen. Just the right. visuals,
1: big, bad John Williams score. It's, it's all better the music, in the cinema, man, isn't it? Yeah.
0: it is. Yeah, the music, the sound effects. But no, I never saw them in the cinema. It wasn't anything that really appealed to me, and I don't know why, because I like Star Wars. I like Lord of the Rings, and I use those IPs as examples because they're Briggs, big, sprawling And they came out at the same before. time, didn't they? Yeah, they're based, one of them's based on books. The other isn't, but... Um so yeah I've never read the books but I have seen the films a few times I've seen the fantastic beast films um and we're going to talk about like, other aspects of the wizarding world as well like the places to go and all that kind of stuff but um about the films then, overall then, there's is seven of them isn't eight of them sorry yes. what do you reckon, what do you think about the films like, overall like as one big piece of a slap of film
1: I I really really enjoyed them it was one of those things like where I said where I kind of hadn't hadn't seen them but I, you know a lot of it just by osmosis, don't you? Because people are just talking about it all the time and stuff. And, yeah, I got around to watching them finally. Beth was like, yeah, we should sit and watch these and whatnot. And um, she'd... you put I Star Wars enough. Yes, I, I put Beth through Star Wars, forced her to watch it. So she forced me to watch this. And honestly, mate, I think they're great. I think they're genuinely really, really, really good, well-made films. Um, for me, the third one's the best by far. I love the third one. And I remember saying yeah, to Beth, Prisoner like, "Yes, Prisoner of Basketball, Yeah, I remember saying to Beth, "I was like, this one's the best one." And she was like, "No, it's not. No, it's not. Of course, it's not." And then I remember, like, just like I never said this to her, but I went online. I was like, "What's the best Harry Potter film?" And I looked, looked up all these videos, and everyone was like, "Why Prisoner of Azkaban is the best Harry Potter film?" And I was like, "Yes,
0: I have taste." You were in your front room at one one day, and I was on the phone to Beefcake, um, you know, spewing the good stuff. <laughs> and you put me on loudspeaker I, 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 on a count of three, with Beth Cake in the room, that's his fiance. you put me on three, asked the question, which is the best Harry Potter film? And we both said at the same time, Azkaban. I, so, and I know that my buddy John Book, who loves these films, he also thinks Azkaban is the best of the lot.
1: It's, it's really dark and moody, and it's just like a horror film in places, it's, it's I think it's the best shot as well. I think a lot of people that are, are a lot more clued up with that stuff so have pointed it out many times, but Visually it's the most interesting for me. Um yeah, just I, lo- I loved Azkaban. It was great. And not that any of them are the side of it or the the first one, the last one, they're all good I think, but it's they're all different sort of And the first ones, the first two are quite innocent, aren't they? They they are a very different tone to the final two. But Prisoner of Azkaban is I like, I think it's I think it's the the peak for me. And you said already, obviously, haven't you? that that's, that's your favourite as well. So that means we both have taste, mate.
0: It is. So that's the end of our Wizarding World conversation. we yeah. both agreed on that. Um, yep. Yeah, nice man. Thanks for joining It's great because you got what, um, what Chris Columbus did the first two. This was Alfonso Cuaron who just brings this like completely because he's in league with uh, people like Del Toro and people like that. So yeah. this kind of like darker sensibility and it really works, is not it? A bit um, more gothic, psychology. isn't it?
1: The visuals and stuff.
0: Yeah, man. And it was the lowest grossing film of all of them, which is really odd Mm. because um, I've I've done a bit of maths here. The eight films have made $7.775 billion worldwide. It's a massive, massive franchise. Two made over a billion. And there's an average score of 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it the last two
1: made over a billion as well?
0: It was the first and the last. The first one mainly because it was on its re-release. But Mm. uh, part two smashed the box office when it came out. But... 84% 84% overall Rotten Tomatoes for eight films is quality. And I mentioned that because I've said so many times that this is the only saga for me or series of films I think where every film is films. good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Every film is good. You, you, people can look at something like The Chamber of Secrets and think, well, that was a bit poo, wasn't it? And it's not it's, it's not the best. of. The, for me, it's probably the weakest other than maybe Order of the Phoenix, but it doesn't mean it's a bad film. So it's consistently, every film was really good. And I don't know any other film sagas that are at least, yeah, over three films that are good. I mean, you can, you can look at some of the horror ones, like Nightmare and Friday the 13th. Like, I like all of them, but... Mate, yeah, no, a, like, Friday the 13th, I'm a,
1: film. I'm a big champion of Friday the 13th, and I am definitely not going to sit here and say that those are all good films.
0: That's it. And that's what I mean, is that they, these are all good films, for me, and, I lo- and I love the, how they kept the actors on, uh, little Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint. So they grew... With the audience, they grew with the films. And even like Dudley, even when he lost all his weight and had to wear a fat suit in the last film. Yeah. I love how everybody just kept coming back and it feels like one long series. That did, so that I dude's really a, a, really a honk now, isn't he? Oh, he's a beef. He's, and he's like, he's like the darling of Netflix. He's been on like five Netflix films in the last two years. But I'm glad it's <laughs> uh, Harry Melling. I'm glad to see him getting some work because he's, yeah. he's a very good theatrical actor. But because you just watched them in one big old sl- slog. I didn't, I watched them kind of like, Fact, actually probably similar. First time I saw these films was one after the other. So I watched one one evening and the next and the next and so on. So I kind of got the same. Did you watch them in the same, like, a few in one day?
1: Yeah, I think it was maybe over, like, a, a night and a morning, if you know what I mean. Like, well, was... from afternoon to night and then probably the next if, – if Beth had a couple of days off and I had a couple of days off, we probably both went, yeah, let's start watching Harry Potter films. So sat maybe from, like, midday one day till late one night and then the rest of, like, the next de- uh, morning and afternoon. Because, yeah – I wouldn't have done that if they weren't interested in me, obviously I wouldn't have just done it and like sat there that entire time, but it's so good. Um, Yeah, that's, that's again, like I said, I've I've dabbled in them other times. I'd seen bits of them before and I've seen so much of the universe before I actually knew about the characters. So prior to me seeing all the films, um obviously with me going to like the parks and stuff in universal people used to ask me like do you like harry potter oh, it was a it was an awkward question because i loved the universe even though i knew nothing about ron harry and hermione so it was like uh, yeah but no don't ask me any questions about the films otherwise i'll make myself look a tit <laughs> but i, I
0: did I
1: yeah exactly yeah I... It's a universe that I thought, yeah, I could get into this, but I just never had got around to. But now when I I go back, it's it's a different experience, knowing the context for all the stuff that I'm looking at. But it almost makes it, like – it's fun, but it almost makes it, like, different now. I I used to like it because I didn't used to know anything about it. (laughs) That was, like, a fun thing. But, um, yeah, that's – I'm glad I did watch them all, and I I would watch them again, yeah, definitely. I I just – as soon as we get the chance of best off working, I'm sure we'll rewatch them all together again.
0: Especially over Christmas time, mate, those first yeah. few films they've all got a Christmassy vibe to them. Um, even like the Deathly Hallows, when this, even though Harry's at his parents' gravesite, it's still snowing. It's still kind of like that strange sort of like uh, Christmas carol gothic kind of look to it. Um, so there's something about a question for you, though, about almost like a million dollar question about the films only. Why do they make so much money? What is it about why are they good? Now, why are all of these? What makes them so good? Is it the actors? Is it the performances? Is it the world? Or
1: what is it for me? It's it's the world definitely. Um, but I guess you've got to lend some sort of uh, credit to the characters and and stuff that are in it because the Fantastic Beast films are set in that same world and they haven't hit in, hit in the same way at all. And I think obviously a big crux of that is that they're not featuring this this iconic trio of of Han ron and hermione like they were the thing i didn't know anything about and they end up being obviously by far the most important thing to the universe is mm-hmm. their characters and, and where they go and th- their storylines and everything that happens so yeah I, the world for me was the thing that got me interested in it the first place but i think it's the characters and and the, the massive story moments obviously like voldemort as well like great villain um snape's my favorite character Easily my favourite character, Snape. Uh the moment obviously with him. Um yeah, everybody knows which moment I'm about. That honestly really got me. That really choked me up when he's when he sat there at the end. And yeah, it's I would say for me, yeah, the, the world and the characters, but the world got me interested, and then the characters got me like I, I would say I'm a fan now. They're definitely a fan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree, mate. It's, it is the, the world is so rich, and it, but the characters, though, you mentioned we mentioned I've mentioned previously, um, this is like the uh, the wizarding world, Han, Luke, and Leia, and it pretty much is because Lion yeah, he, he might as well be Leia because she gets the boys out of every single situation, and it, it without those characters in the middle, because if they were idiots, basically, if you didn't like them then the film's sunk. It doesn't matter how good Snape is. doesn't matter how good both Dumbledores were. I know a lot of people prefer Richard Harris in the first few films, but mm. um, Michael Gambon, other than getting angry, did fine. If you don't care, if you don't care about your central characters, then you, you're sunk. But I think they all did really well and um, it's good to see, certainly Daniel Radcliffe going on to do uh, a lot of diverse stuff since Potter. And I know he's purposely tried that same as um, Rupert Grint as well. But yeah, I think here, the world mate is just something. There's so much to dive into. And I love you can certain scenes, like when you're in Diagon Alley, which I only realized about three weeks ago, was basically diagonally just like split into two Diagon <laughs> Alley. Diagonally. Yeah. I never knew that because obviously it's all like angled and slightly. Um, if you you can just pause a scene there and you can just look and just sort of look and see if you, what you can, uh pick out same in Hogwarts and like the Great Hall when there uh, everyone's having those like incredible looking feasts. Mm. You could just pause it and you can just like pick out things that are happening and I love it when films do that where it's not just, you know, here's a here's a really crap bit of cinematography where you've just got people sitting, very bland looking, nothing's going on. There's stuff going on, there's stuff popping off all over the screen. And 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 I bet for
1: people who are like super fans, they can sit and pick all those scenes apart about like bits of lore and Easter eggs and everything, like in the way that we can't because we're not experts on this one, are we? Yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah. Yeah, And the way that the films actually go forward as well. Obviously, they start as kids, and by the time we get to uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2, obviously, Harry is.
1: That's that's an interesting gamble as well, wasn't it? That they they had to pick these kids and know full well that they were going to turn out to be decent actors but decent adults as well to to sort of carry the you don't know what these kids are going to be like with it there's so many horror stories where sort of child actors it's gone wrong for them and stuff because they're not living a normal life because of being plucked out and into a celebrity world so early and
0: Danny Radcliffe struggled struggle off with um i think with, like booze addiction and stuff like that afterwards mm-hmm. because yeah. he basically was basically he go do eight films for us and we'll give you 100 million quid, basically. Yeah, like, how could crazy. you even
1: handle that? Yeah, it's impossible yeah,
0: his, to imagine. His family tried to shield him, but, I mean, you know, you, how can you? But you're right, that's what I mentioned earlier, and you're right, they, they got so lucky with the casting. And they also, let's not, let's not forget, quite, they, they, they turned out to be quite good actors, which is also helpful. Definitely. Had they yeah. started off as, like, sweet kids, but, you know, were rubbish actors growing up. But Again, the films sink. So lucky they managed to... I don't to, know if you've watched like, it, mate. Like,
1: have you ever watched Hot Ones on YouTube?
0: No, uh, uh, which was that? Was that, was that the, oh, it's an
1: interview show where they basically get somebody to sit and eat the hottest wings in the world. Oh,
0: no, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, they just had Daniel Radcliffe on recently, and I just I haven't seen that one. That show is like so good that I'll just watch it, whoever's on, just because like Sean Evans is so good as a host, I'll just put it on. But Daniel Radcliffe is so, he's, he's such a geezer, he's so funny.
0: He's a nice like, fellow,
1: isn't he? Yeah, he's just like he's the kind of dude you just want to go and have a beer with. And I never expected him to be like that. I expect him to be quite sort of, I don't know. Yeah. I expect him to be quite to himself and like, not really as charismatic as he is. I don't know why, maybe just because of Harry, but
0: he's so. So... that's why he's tried so hard to break that, break out of that like pigeonhole. Yeah. yeah. Well, they,
1: they asked him in that and they said, um, well, Sean on the show said to him, like, what did you do? To sort to of what, what are some ways that you just broke away from that? And, Obviously, playing a, a dead shit in farting corpse um, <laughs> in Swiss Army Swiss Army Man was like a big way to go. Yep, I'm not Harry Potter anymore.
0: <laughs> and if, well, the first thing he did after Potter was the Woman in Black. So he went straight from Potter to a horror film, which you uh, just
1: recently which, did on something, didn't you?
0: I did that on Death by Pod, and I watched it for the. I watched it when it came out because there was a lot of interest about that film when it came out, just because it was. Um, just because it was, it was, down was Radcliffe, yeah. Yeah, it's Potter's first post Potter release, and I'm aware I've just called him Potter. That's what I unfortunately do, and that's what I mean about pigeonholing him. I always call him that. But yeah, so he went, he went and did that horror film, which is, which is, by all intents and purposes, pretty good. I, I remember done, uh, to see yeah. that at the
1: cinema as well.
0: Uh, but the Woman in Black?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that was decent, and he did things like, but then he did stuff like, uh, the one he just mentioned, he did Jungle, which was decent, Imperium, which is incredibly, he's so good in Imperium, when he plays a neo-Nazi. He's, I think he's like a, he's, an, he's like a, um, He's an agent detective type thing, FBI kind of geezer. But he has to go undercover with, ne- with a neo-Nazi gang to infiltrate them and basically take them down but From the last life.
1: man on earth. You'd expect to be a neo-Nazi they is are. Daniel Radcliffe. So and it must exactly. be some performance.
0: And he, and He's really, really very good in it. I've to check that he, out. He, yeah, I
1: haven't watched that. I think check I have out seen it.
0: it. Yeah. Like but he, he only gets there from obviously Potter. And that's what I was saying is that like, even like Harry's arc, even by the end of A Deathly Hallows, he dies, spoiler, and then he goes to see Gandalf and Heaven, and uh, not Gandalf, Dumbledore for a- <laughs> and then he gets so he sent back down. Again to face- and <laughs> I know. Um, and he gets sent back down to fight Voldy. So I love how you get the progression of the characters and the story for, like, bit by bit, how he's building himself up to face Voldy. It's not, it's not until the very last like moment of the last film where he finally thinks, you know what, fuck this. I'm taking you down, man. And then snaps the Elder One at the end. Yeah. I really, I really like all of the characters' progression in the film, but especially his.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of theories. I'm not versed enough to speak about them all, but I don't know if you are. There's a lot of theories about like who the chosen one is and stuff. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like, um, what's his name? Goofy guy, I forgot his name. Ron. No, the, the goofy oh. one, who's a, who's a hunk now. Oh,
0: Neville. Neville Longbottom.
1: Neville, yeah, that's the one.
0: Longbottom. Yeah, because he starts off as an absolute... Gimp and then <laughs> finds his bravery at the end, isn't it? Which is, again yeah. is fun. I like those little sort of character arcs where fans would have seen that and be like,
1: Yes. Do you know what I totally forget every time like I think about these as well? I totally forget that Rob Pattinson's in these. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he, when he, Diggory. It's the fourth one, isn't it? He turns up in. Uh
0: yes, in the old Goblet of Fire, yeah, Fucking and he's because that's the competition one, isn't it? It well, yeah.
1: just pops up on screen, I was like, I, I was like what, what, it broke my brain I just forgot he was in it I totally Ned forgot he was in it. Yeah.
0: Then gets killed by Voldy. Cedric Diggory. What did he What did he Diggory. do wrong for that? Well, did, what, to get that name Cedric. Yes, Cedric <laughs> and that Diggory. <laughs> no, well, no, he's he's in it then he gets killed by old Voldy and then that's it in it but that was quite I like that moment. Um and I quite like the Goblet of Fire. I thought it was alright. Because yeah. uh, Azkaban was the, like I say, the slow gofficky one, and then Goblet of Fire got a bit, went, had a bit more fun to it because again, it's the the, the tournament, and that's and a that.
1: lot of other people's favourite, isn't it? It's Goblet of like, Fire, yeah. is the tournament one, isn't it? Sorry if I sound like yeah. a complete idiot talking about this, but
0: it is. It's the second best reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Right. For those who wanted to know, uh, Definitely Hallows Part Two is ninety six percent on RT. Every single one of the eight Harry Potter films is certified fresh. None of them go below seventy seven percent which is wild. They're yeah, all in it. the 80s and 90s, which again... It's good to say it's like film, it's mad.
1: it went across multiple directors as well and you still got a consistency from them.
0: let see, it was uh, Chris Columbus, Alfonso Cuaron, uh, David Yates took over and did the last load. Um, I don't know if he did. I can't remember if there's anyone in between, but uh, I don't know who did Order of the Phoenix. It may have been um, David Yates as well, but uh, I'll find that out at some point. But yeah, no, and they kept that tight and the music as well, because obviously it started off with Big Boy John Williams, mm-hmm. and then it got passed to different people, but it all, but they all put their spin on Williams style and I think made Williams it their own could well. come in
1: on the first film of any franchise and set the base for what the themes are and then just let anybody else come in at this point. Like yeah, no, you're right. He he can set something up to where like I was listening to um earlier today I had the Fallen Order uh, soundtrack on, and oh, without yeah. looking at my phone, um we said before there are songs in it that are distinctly different, but still sound Star Wars. But there was one in it that I, I was like, "Which Star Wars films this from?" We- and, and I was genuinely like thinking, but it was, it wasn't a Williams one, but it sounded just like it because people can obviously like A style, like you said for the latter Harry Potter films, they do it really well. Because I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know that he didn't score the rest of them. I thought he did all of them.
0: There you go. No, it was uh, Patrick. Do- it was Mike Newell directed the fourth film, A How- Cobblet of Fire, and then uh, Yates yeah, did all of them. Who who did it? Is so John Williams did the first three, Patrick Doyle did number four, Nicholas Hooper did five and six, and Alexandra Desplat did seven and eight. And I've really oh, but...
1: I, Yes, I do know that actually because I've had this is another thing about my weird history with Harry Potter. I had that Alexandra Displat. Um, are we pronouncing that right? Probably, probably not. Oh, it
0: could be Desplat or Desplat. Displat. Probably, it probably Des- is like you, know, like you know, Ali Displat. Yeah. Ali Displat. <laughs> Everyone I've heard has said Displat, so I'm I mate go Ali
1: Displat with that, that stick at the front of the stage, all in people, yeah. That guy. <laughs> anyway, I had so many of those in like an old playlist that I had. Like I had a I just I've always had a movie score playlist on my phone and like a video game one and all different like playlists, and so many of those are in that. And I can't remember one, and it's like really slow and like really like haunting it. I can't remember the name of the track. If I, if I were to look it up, I'd go straight away, I'd, I'd know what it was, but yeah. So not only had I gone and seen all these different parts of the world of Harry Potter and not seen the films, I'd listen to the fucking soundtracks for years without watching the film.
0: Is it, is it Lily's theme or something like that? Maybe. Yes, know, maybe. that
1: might be it. Yeah.
0: That was very popular. I love it, man. There's one in, I, I like the splats work anyway, but it's, so, I just really like, how, like you say, how, how they blend it all together to the point where, it might be Williams, but it might not be because they're building on what that legend gave us. And I I mean, John Williams, the Harry Potter score, sorry, Hedwig's theme, I've got to get it right. Like, da, 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 da. Tell you what, I've got,
1: a, I've got a John Williams CD in my car and the fifth nice. the fifth song on the fourth CD. It's like a big four pack one because um, it goes like the first CD's uh, Spielberg's... Uh, John Williams scores the work of Spielberg. Then the second one, I think it's just like random other films. So it's like when he did Superman and like random stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then nice. I think the third one's a few really old ones that he's done. And then the fourth one's Lucas and Harry Potter. And oh. the fourth one, I think, like I said, the fifth song on the fourth CD, um, it's something to do with the uh, with with what's his face? Um, is it Forks? The the
0: oh, I love that one. Forks the Phoenix.
1: Yes, that, that, oh, that
0: song. Geezer. You know what I mean, then? No, oh, that's one of my that's my favorite from the whole saga, mate. Same,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the one we put on in the car all the time. I wish you could just you know put it on mean? my phone now, because then, yeah. But we can't, because
0: virtual high five.
1: Yes, virtual high five. But yeah, that—that yeah, that one's my favourite because I don't know. That was so whimsical and just awesome, and it's so well placed really in the middle of that CD. Where at the start you get like a couple. Um, a couple of different ones from other films and stuff. I think there might be like Saving Private Ryan on there as well, and then it goes to the Harry Potter stuff, and then to the Star Wars prequel stuff. So yeah, it's really nice. cool.
0: It's a good I, no, I like that one. Cause it's a bit like Across the Stars that like it starts off really nice, yeah. but then it builds and builds until like a big, yes. big crescendo at the end with that main forks theme. And oh, mate, I love it. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was about to throw it in. I'm glad you did it for me because I always. Well, mention...
1: <laughs> I, I, thought, uh, I went round the round the houses so about how to explain which one I meant, but it was totally your favourite, so you knew. But yeah,
0: God, it's okay. such a good look, song. The first two, uh, Williams got two uh, nom- Academy Award nominations for Potter for uh, Azkaban and Philosopher's Stone, and it's just reeling really been-
1: them, them awards in, isn't he?
0: Oh, he's got he's the most, one of the most celebrated of all time. George Six Johnny of the Boy. films were nominated, but they never won. No, none of the Potter films won for anything, which is so surprising. I didn't win for like costume design or anything like that. But wow, so
1: they never they never won one Oscar.
0: Nope. I think the Fantastic Beast, the first film, was think the first one this, to win an
1: Oscar for a second. Everybody listening, Suicide Squad won an Oscar.
0: Ugh suicide
1: squad Oscar winning winning (laughs)
0: suicide squad and all they did was a bit of makeup well they won makeup all they did was paint Harley Quinn's face white (laughs) Uh,
1: yep
0: oh well but Harley Quinn Margot Roppe. nice Um, but then none of these won any but it's a fantastic beast and where to find them I think that was the first one to win anything and I think that was a costume design as well and these kind of films usually sweep up at those in in the costume design or production design because just just look at Hogwarts mate I mean other than obviously the things floating, it's all filmed. It's all, it's all there. It's all real. It's all tangible. Yeah, it's, it's possible for
1: me. That's crazy.
0: Said, Do you think it's just what? because
1: they were out at the same time as Lord of the Rings, and Lord of the Rings was winning everything?
0: There's, there's that as well, mate. I mean, what a golden age for film. And even if we didn't like the Star Wars prequels, they we were still have, coming that, out
1: that early two thousand to two thousand and five. We were so spoiled because everything that came out then is still shit that people we talk about like eighties nostalgia, nineties nostalgia, two thousand to two thousand and five was the dawn of, like, big superheroes. I know we had Superman and Batman in, like, the 80s and 89 and whatnot. But, like, the X-Men films were the first thing to start off, like, a cinematic universe. And then you had, like, Blade coming out, which is something a bit different. Alongside the fact that you had the Raimi-Spider-Man trilogy coming out, the fucking Star Wars prequels, Lord of the the Rings, and Harry Potter. That is
0: crazy. Crazy. And people forget about it as well. You look back at the notice and think, oh, the, that those films had a certain look, or the crappy rom coms, yeah. or the nap horrors. But actually, even like and the Fast and Furious, your favourite, I think that came out in like 2001. So that started then as well. So in that kind of like five year period, so much of what is I was still going on now, or still like revered now. Oh, they're still trying even. to
1: replicate even.
0: Well, you all trying to replicate, yeah. It all started in and around the X-Men same time. X are still
1: trying to get that early 2000s like vibe back that they got where, where they were popular. Yeah, uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts, Beasts yes. Dying. Yeah,
0: but, um, we'll mention those in a minute, I guess. But yeah, you know, none of the films, none of the films won any Oscars, which again, is mean, it's not an indication of how good they are. But no, it is I interesting think, to I note that. If
1: there, those, if, was, if that entire set of films started in 2010 and came out along that time, they might have won something.
0: Oh, I think they, I think they would have done, mate. I think they yeah. win something again. Even, I say even, but costume design, production, but yeah, man, I'm saying, but the, all the effects are practical as well, like, as much as possible. All the sets are real. Obviously, Hogwarts interior is real. The, um, the Privet Drive was filmed in uh, Bracknell, I think, not far from where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like the the Potter's cottage and stuff like that. There's so much that they Either went to use or build rather than just going full CGI. Obviously, when Potter's on his broom and playing Quidditch, they had to CGI that, funnily enough, but um, it's fine. I don't mind. I like what I like.
1: You still remember all the memes that were coming out when I (laughs) remember this specific meme that everybody was like, Can you believe it's this guy that plays Voldemort? And it was just pictures of Ray Fiennes just sat there, just like being all handsome and shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because he's a big he's a, Ray Fine is such a good actor as well. I couldn't have got a. Oh good man, time. I love him. We spoke about oh, him last
1: week on uh, the cyberpunk episode on yes. Strange Days, but yeah man, I love Ray Fine. One of my favorite moments in, in all the films, and Beth goes fucking mad at me for doing it. <laughs> I'll just walk in the front room and just go,
0: <laughs>
1: that's just that one moment where he says it like that. When he did it in the film, I like burst out laughing, and it's supposed to be like a serious moment. It it did work; it was good. But just the way he says it that one time, like, oh god! It's, it's, she was showing me a video the other day. Beth was showing me it was, like there was a TikTok, and it was somebody doing the impression. He just kept walking in on this guy, going, <laughs> "It was so
0: good." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, if you've he, if he got someone else to do it, it's just an idiot going, hey, and it doesn't yeah. sound right at all yeah, it's a, because they got like Ray right a king. Yeah. Uh, and I think, he looked, and again, obviously Ray Fiennes has a nose, so I think I like the way how they, they got rid of it. And it looked good. Like his like, design looked decent. I just like the look of the films, man. And you, meant, you mentioned like, the baddies. you got that absolute head Professor Umbridge who everyone hated. <laughs> um, yeah. the, teacher, the teacher who came in and just shut everything down you know gave Parry attention like sc- made him school stuff on his skin um and things like that snape you weren't sure where he was going serious black is he a good guy or a bad guy because he's obviously set up at first to be a bad guy who's going to try and kill harry mm-hmm. turns out he's a good geezer. cornelius fudge there's a lot a of stuff
1: dude. like that isn't there where it's really hard to sort of pin down people's loyalties at the start. Like you get the scene with Snape um, when they're doing the first, is it the first Quidditch match and Snape's trying mm-hmm. to, and
0: it looks like he's trying to cheat, isn't he? Like yeah, it looks like he's character. trying
1: to pull Harry down, but isn't he trying to stop him from getting pulled down or something?
0: It's, in the It's the guy behind him who yeah. uh, gets outed at the end, end of the film. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I fucking love Snape, man.
0: Yeah, I, I love Alan Snape. Cool. Anything Alan Rickman touches is just, Excellent. I mean, again, I know it sounds easy to say in hindsight and it's like a cop out, but it's just a perfect casting. And I've said before that uh, J.K. Rowling, as much as an absolute arsehead that she is, she <laughs> says, for these films, I want everything to be British. Everything. And if you look at the cast in these films, what a, what a hat tip, what a testament to the, to the quality of British talent. It's the best in the world the British actors are and these Harry Potter films show it. Just look at who's in it and just look at who, even like Trigger from Only Fools and Horses turns up for a few films. Everybody, pretty much pretty much everybody other than like Hugh Grant is in these, who is British, is, are in these films and yeah. it's amazing like the, the quality of the cast and the quality of the actors. Like Alan Rickman to play Snape's now seems genius. Yeah. But again, you never know what it's going to be like until until you see it but it seems genius. Well, How he's
1: He's got the perfect sort of aura about him, and and especially like his voice, where he's so so clearly a villain. Yeah, just just in just black. And, and even in just an interview and stuff, and you hear him and stuff, like he's just got like this villainous way about him. He's so like, is it in a charming way? But just like the way he talks, you just like, oh yeah, this guy's bad fucking news. So having all the reveals that he's not and stuff, and then oh the layers and layers and layers up on that about like the history with him and harry's mom and stuff and fucking hell man it's so good and oh, i genuinely God. did not know one little thing about that and and beth Something was did. like more or less we me and beth have watched we've just recently watched game of thrones and i've done the thing where you sit and like watch for someone's reaction because you know yeah, something's yeah. happening <laughs> but beth did it the entire time in like harry potter for me she knew everything obviously and i didn't and then i was i would like turn to her I'd be like but he's de- but, de- but, de- uh, and she's like yep that's it and i'm like no
0: <laughs> I mean, it's meant i didn't know anything i knew <laughs> nothing about the films i didn't even know if harry potter lived in the end of the films i had no idea i just knew that there was those three kids one of the guys didn't have a nose and alan rickman was in it that's pretty much what i knew and i said gary oldman is serious black but gary you know oldman's in this and he's quite um let's not forget um uh, Tom Felton as Draco Malfoy. Shout out to Malfoy in that hairline. Because um, the way he starts off is this precocious little shit and then kind of grows up to be a smarmy git who turned out to be alright oh, in the end. I, they even like his arc, like to start off with like that uh, Potter with his really odd accent. Um, oh. And uh, what's, the other, what's the other guy called? His his dad in the film, um, Jason... Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now, but... he's Jason Isaacs. He's so yes. good as well. He's yeah. like... He just like drips villain everywhere, and, oh, and what yeah. these films did for the UK industry is mental. Without these films, like the visual effects in this country, which because again everything was done here, we had they had help from international studios like ILM, but everything is like UK based. So it just it, it, kind of what Lucas did for you know visual effects back then. Papo did for the UK scene. Obviously, mm. gave people jobs, gave people uh experience. It, we people needed to learn these trade like visual effects. They needed to up their game, which. and and create new processes for these films as they went along. So much that these films gave back to this, to not just the the UK, of course, but to the world, but to the UK in general. We look, we're British, we're English, we're British. So obviously we hold them dear, but honestly, there's so much good in these films that there's not really anything. I mean, when I went back and reviewed these films about four years ago, there wasn't really anything apart from like a bit of the dodgy kids acting in the beginning and that. There wasn't really anything.
1: Unavoidable when you think, like, kids in films are usually shit. You 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 could count on your hands, couldn't you? The the amount of times we could say, wow, that that kid is great as an actor. And it doesn't always mean that they'll go on and be good as an adult actor either, but um, yeah, apart from like you said, the odd little cringy bits when you go back, there's not much bad to say about them from my side either.
0: That's what I mean, I'm I'm desperately trying to think but but I can't. I mean, Order of the Phoenix is fine. It's probably the most middling one for me. But again, even then, I still really enjoy it's, it. It's
1: one of those things though, where like even even the ones that aren't as good, you're still in that universe, and it's still nice to be there. And I look, I, I, you're the same as me with this as well. And we've spoke about it before on the pod, where we just like a good fictional world to dig into. And I haven't done the deep dive on this yet, but I'm sure one day I'll get into it and sort of. The big step for me every time is when I buy the old um the old like fact file art book yeah. concept making of thing and that's when I start to get into everything about it and then I'd probably sit and read all the books then at that point and yeah, I haven't I haven't done it with this yet, but I have only just done it with the film. So um yeah, in time I probably will do that.
0: No. Yeah. Well there's there's always that kind of like book versus film um Section of fans who like one likes so a wig. It'll be interesting for us to go back and read the books now that we can picture everything happening with the because of the benefit of have, seeing the films. Whereas yeah. obviously when the books came out, you're having to make it up in your head. So I would I would like to go back one day and read them. But um what the the Fantastic Beast films. There's two of them so far. One of the most problematic franchises there there is at the minute. That that wasn't that's based on like a, a pamphlet, wasn't it? Basically. Yet there's you know, J.K. Rowling wants to wants to make what five films out of them yeah and the first two came out i mean we've had fantastic beasts where to find them we've got eddie redmayne as Noobs commander come out well i think was four years ago uh the crimes of Grindel grindelwald depends on how you say it came out a couple of years ago and was absolutely panned but what do you think about those two films mate
1: um I, probably i'm gonna go right along with the consensus here where i really liked the first one and i thought the second one was shit <laughs>
0: There we go. Easy. Um, yeah, I, didn't, I thought the first, uh, when I rewatched the first one, I was like, do you know what? This is really good. Uh, yeah. The second one, I, when I first saw the second one, Grindelwald, I was like, this is pretty good actually. And I watched it again. Uh, I took the eldest to see it and she bawled her eyes out because it is quite dark. I mean, I like, was fucking throw a baby in the ocean and watch it dr- drown. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, did, it struck me as, okay, they're jumping, a, they're all, they've already jumped the shark now by going too big. But I still don't hate the film like a lot of people do. It's 36 and RT. I would never give it a 3.6 out of 10. Yeah, but, no, I wouldn't have said. Uh, yeah.
1: For me, it's just like a bit bland. The second one, like I, there was, I don't know. I, I
0: well,
1: can't you know, really remember much from it. To be fair, I've only seen it once, but I was like not really into it. Where the first one, yeah, I, the first one had a lot of charm, a lot of character, had that whimsical vibe from the original films, but it didn't have like a child-centric um centric cast, so it felt a bit different because obviously we're in uh, New York as well, so that changes things up again right. and. Yeah, dynamic
0: strength, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're it's, cool, fantastic beasts, and there's not, other than like the Nifflers who I love, there's not really oh, many. That
1: Niffler is the best thing I, ever to run around and all
0: the gold. Oh, he's my spirit animal. I love a Niffler. Um, I was going to buy <laughs> one, really one the other really day. It was a big, beast, big beast
1: me, plushy Niffler in Tesco at the minute, and I was going to buy it for Beth, but
0: uh, I he didn't. He buy it for Beth, he yeah, says. Definitely. He wants it for himself. <laughs> I wouldn't buy one of those, little Niffler, but there's yeah, not, the not really many beasts. He ends up sleeping on it forever. That's all that's going to happen there. It was um, the 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 first film had some beasties. There was a cool scene where Newt went into his like, briefcase and it was like a different world and all the beasts were in there. That was quite cool. But other than that, there's really no fantastic beasts. And that's like, I kind of why... Warrant- Wonder why they even bothered beasts. calling it that?
1: Your Fantastic Beasts film, didn't Yeah, you know,
0: I do. I want. I want Beasts. I don't want. I don't want Grindelwald. You know, going to, going to fight with the Nazis in World War Two and all this kind of <laughs> weird because it's, it's it's set in World War Two. The, and the, the, the second one, it's got approaching world, the World War and um, uh, I think sorry, World War One or two. So one of the two, sorry. And the next film is going to be set in I think it was actually World War Two. So now they're kind of touching really quite dodgy ground by doing that. And because mm. if they get that wrong. Jesus, with everything else that's gone wrong with the production and the actors going oh, it's, in and out. Of
1: it. it is the most controversial shit that's going on, isn't it, at the minute? Uh,
0: yeah, and for stop. her to come out and say, I want to do five films, firstly, you know, well, fair play for your, uh, your optimism before the first film's been released. And when the first film came out, I was like, okay, you can probably get a couple out of this, maybe a trilogy. But Grindelwald, just, I did, again, I don't think it's that bad, but it's kind of almost sunk the trilogy without meaning to i don't know where they go from here obviously all the controversies surrounding the actors and obviously jk rowling herself and that all of that's going on i mean what is there going to be an appetite to go and see the first i'm going to go and watch it but i'm going to think the
1: thing is like you said there's so much that's gone down you just like at this point you're just like well for god's sake man like who else is who else is done something here, like how much of the stuff that's gone down with Johnny Depp and oh, it's just, it and is a mess. It's a big mess. Oh, and Ezra Miller, geez, yeah. And it seems like people are just ignoring the shit with Ezra Miller, but...
0: I yeah, don't quite know why, but... Um, I don't know
1: the ins and outs of the stuff with Johnny Depp because...
0: It's all alleged, isn't it? So that's on the
1: internet a- one day and he's a villain, and then the next day everybody's saying, no, he actually wasn't, so he's, it's really hard to sort of have a... You can't really have a stake in it because you have no idea. And... I don't know, man. It's,
0: well. I mean, we're not going to get sued by anyone, but everything's alleged before anyone, all the lawyers come for us. We don't know who's done what, but it's out there. Um, yeah. but it's not even, a it's, even if you're not on a side, which like we we we're, we're gen- generally neutral on most things because we don't really give a shit about anything, but it's just, <laughs> it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? It's like well, it, from, all you from hear. From about it is read, all... Read,
1: we're not here to go into this kind of shit, but from the stuff I read, nobody came off it looking good, regardless. So. That's, ex-
0: that's exactly it. Whatever yeah. did or didn't happen, it's just like the, you know of what?
1: the fact that like it's because we're talking about this from the Fantastic Beast perspective, regardless of what Amber Heard did, Johnny Depp doesn't look good in this either. So. Amber Heard's not Fantastic Beasts problem because she's not in it, and
0: no, she's that man's problem. With DC yeah, <laughs> and Ezra Miller, JK <laughs> is, and... Ezra,
1: Miller is, uh, Ezra Miller is DC and Harry Potter's problem at the minute. So, yeah, well, actually,
0: yeah, DC and Harry Potter at the minute are having a bit of problem. Amber Heard and Ezra Miller, but um, JK Rowling, of yeah. course, with everything she's come out with, I'm not even going to touch upon that. Um but it's just you now I think about it fantastic, but I don't think of the films, I just think about all the crap surrounding it yeah, in like, it's well. This one's this and, one's mild in like cow dung. So where it, do I shouldn't they got be around, around like that?
1: If it was, if if controversy like that existed, it should be around. You expect it to be like around, like an Aronofsky film, or like something that's like coming out and and really saying something, and people don't agree with it. Or do you, do you know what I mean? Something like that. It's around this like like we said, whimsical universe created for children mostly. Like yep. we, I don't know. It's a shame that it all gets brought down by stuff like this from outside of it. And I mean, it's right if people are be, if people are being shit, then that needs to be rectified. And I think. Warner Brothers at this point are just at the point where it's like everything with Johnny Depp is so backwards and forwards, like oh, what he's done, what he hasn't done, or what's been done to him or whatever, that they just they, they can't afford to sit and wait to decide what's happening anymore, can they? So I think well, he, they it. probably have made the right decision in just recasting because then they can just move on with the films. Johnny Depp will be fine.
0: He'll oh, be yeah. Fine. And that's the best thing for all these films. If they want to salvage, because the next film could be brilliant. And I'll oh, absolutely, and if it is, I'll be rolling it. I love it because, um, I mean, Eddie I, I genuinely hope it is.
1: I hope it's so good that we can just forget about all this other shit that's gone down, and and they do manage to sort of navigate around it all, and we just have everyone can have a fun time in the Potterverse again.
0: Well, that's it. Well, Eddie Redmayne's got him. he's annoyed people by kind of like attacking J.K. Rowling, and then kind of siding with her. She'll always be the overarching issue for a lot of people, but by. You know whether whether again alleged who knows what happened Johnny Depp's not there anymore. Mads Mickelson is now playing Johnny Depp's character. What
1: an actor as well, which
0: is a great bit of. Co- so now when we go into Fantastic Beasts three, we haven't got to look at Johnny Depp again. Not no 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 shade at anyone, but it's Mads Mikkelsen now. So I think Mads going there, a
1: better actor than Johnny Depp as well.
0: Um, I I, think, I really like Johnny Depp as an actor. I think Matt Mickelson has. I I think Matt Mickelson can bring more to that character, make him a bit less showy. Well, I yeah.
1: Think. To sort of go into my point more, I think I'm more excited to see Mads Mickelson do a character like this than I am to yes. see Johnny Depp do it for the 50th time.
0: Oh, definitely, mate. So Johnny Depp has go-
1: put makeup on his face and done an eccentric role every single year, five times a year for the last 10, hasn't right. he?
0: Like- when we go and watch the third film, mate, we won't, again, we're not going to be necessarily reminded on screen of all the crap that's come before. Yeah. Hopefully we'll just better sit down and watch it and be like, OK, I'm here for the characters, not the actors, and, uh, and we, we can endure this. I really hope it does well, but... Uh, I don't know if it, if it will do or not mate. Uh, and a lot of that I think the damage has I been done I think Mads long
1: signing years. on is a good sign though but it's not he doesn't get seem enough like, get, he he doesn't seem on like on. the kind of guy to sign on if it's a shit show is what I mean behind the scenes
0: but it's the fans who are basically just like I've got no, I don't want anything to do it's mainly because of JK Rowling is, is Mads Mickelson going to be like like they're going to see that and think oh I'll, I'll come watch it now do you reckon people are going to stay away aren't they
1: no, I don't mean in terms of like, are people going to watch it? I mean, is it going to be good? Mads Mickelson signing. Oh, yeah.
0: To... yeah. Matt Mickelson totally signing perfect. on because
1: it's obviously looks a bit promising, is what I mean. But um, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't I'm know hoping. if people are going to go out to
1: watch it. I think the best thing they can do with this is just the, the on-demand stuff. With how everything is at the minute, if this comes out anytime soon. It's not going to be the one that brings everybody back to the cinema when you've already got so much going against it. The last thing you want going against it is, oh, well, I don't really want to go to a cinema and risk catching COVID.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Especially to go and watch Fantastic Beast Three, but yeah, that's not
1: the film that's worth doing it for, is it? If that's the one that gets everybody back in the cinema, then no, it's not going
0: to happen. I'm going to sneeze, so carry on. (laughs) Oh, and I finished sneezing now. Um, This is the third Fantastic Beast film is scheduled for. 15th of July 2022, so 18 months. It was meant to be uh November next year, but it's been so. A either back.
1: things look a bit more normal by then, or things have come back around and the shit again, or cinemas just. Uh, 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 let's just get into this for a quick second, mate. What do you think is going to happen? Because obviously, Warner Brothers are massively at the center of this, and like, yeah, man, with well, what's going on, they they own this franchise.
0: They've taken all the Potter films off HBO Max. They said they were going to be on there, but then took them off. Um right. basically, if uh had the if the film was coming out next year it would have definitely been on HBO Max.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I think Can cinemas last
1: t- to wait this. Well this in much terms time? of the
0: whole HBO Max thing, mate, I'm a massive proponent of uh, and fan of going to the cinema. Mm-hmm. But same, yeah. at the same time, as a lot of people said, we don't know when cinemas are reopening. You can't just sit on these films forever. And as, and the films are still going to be released at the cinema. They're coming out on HBO Max for one month. At the same time, they're going to be in the cinema. So if you want to go watch The Conjuring 3, you can still go watch it at the cinema, as long as it's safe, or you can watch it at home. So basically, they're saying, we're not going to... It, it, there's a global pandemic going on, which is killing millions of people. We, as a film studio, aren't going to say, we're not going to force you into that domain to potentially get ill. It's, it's an awkward one. Like the, the, the,
1: the, the movie studios... Uh aren't responsible for keeping the cinemas open, but the cinemas are responsible for keeping the movie studios open.
0: <laughs> there, there is that fine balance here, isn't it? So, yeah, like the,
1: the, the movie studios owe everything to the cinemas, but the cinemas, like, don't... I don't think the movie studios give a shit about if people watch it in cinema or not, do they? I think that's more me and you. We care, because we want to go we to the cinema and, and have that experience. But I think if you told the movie studio, obviously, oh, you can just make a 100% of your profit and not have to side it with, like a percentage with a cinema look at like what disney did with some of this really dodgy stuff i'm a massive disney fan some of the shit that they did with the cinemas last year where they were saying like if, if you put in force awakens on we know that it, it'll sell like so many tickets that you'll make enough so we want 90 percent of it
0: yeah yeah it's like yeah,
1: fine, studios are shit to cinemas <laughs> they really are they, they've been like doing Doing the dirty on them for a long time, so
0: yeah, but there's always been that agreement, isn't it, like the window where you, you, if it's released, cinema, it all, you can't totally. release it anywhere. And yeah. now I can't, I can't blame Warner. And I know a lot but of Warner Brothers
1: doing this is, is going to be a catalyst because all the other studios now are going to go, well, we're not going to fucking sit here and make no money when Warner, Warner releasing anyway. their film.
0: They were uh, like, absolutely going to do it anyway. Like Disney, where well, abs, they've even said, you know, Disney said, oh, you know, our plans have been brought forward because of this. So they were always yeah. going to do it. I, I, it's not a popular dis- uh, opinion. I don't think. I don't think it's great that you know the films aren't going to be exclusive at cinema because I want the cinemas to survive. But given in this, in this particular extraordinary set of circumstances, yeah. I don't think having an extra option to watch it on television and this is only in the United States. By the way, all these yeah, things are grow up course, as well. Like I don't pictures. really
1: have a big thought on it either way I was just like kind of presenting them so that you could uh, give your opinions on it well, stuff because
0: we we've, we've got to go and watch it at the cinema because we don't have HBO Max so we've got to go and uh, traverse covid but I don't think it's a bad thing but if <laughs> if come this if come no, July, but the thing is if it's like... on
1: HBO Max it'll be, be all over get... the internet anyway <laughs>
0: That's the problem is that's the only other thing is as soon, as soon as those films drop, they're going to be on the internet and HD quality within minutes. Instantly,
1: and, yeah, instantly, and um, everybody will have them. And that's the hard thing is that there's always that debate as well of uh, you can pirate these films and stuff, but if and that people say, like, can you remember when X Men Origins Wolverine leaked online, ugh. and then everybody was like, oh, well, uh, Fox were like, oh, it's made no money because everybody sat and watched it at home, and then. The argument for that was like, well, these people who sat and watched it, who downloaded it, that doesn't mean they would have come to the cinema and watched it. Mm, you have have missed well out on all boy. these people. They would have just sat there and not watched it. Like, So it's an That's awkward exactly. thing. Like The money that they're going to make from the people sat at home watching these films from HBO Max, people are going to sit there and go, oh, well, this this could have gone to cinema. It might not have done. There are films, I'm telling you now, there are films that are going to come out in 2021 that I'm going to watch – because I can just press a button on my arse on the set and watch it, that I would You're not come to the cinema for. And, and, and I, I, I feel bad for that, because, like, again, the whole support your local cinema thing, but at the end of the day, it's like, if, if, if we're not all done with our day, me and my fiancé or whatever, if we're not all done with our day until nine o'clock at night, we're not going to the cinema, but we might watch a film no, when she's
0: no. back. Like, and let's not, let's not forget as well, as I mentioned, they're going to be at the cinema anyway, so the people who really want to see that film... We'll go anyway, the diehards, like Dune. Dune will make... Yes. I don't think Dune is going to make... If Dune, like, look at Blade Runner 2049. Oh, a yeah. wonderful film, made no money. Dune runs the risk of being that. Dune, Could be a great uh, film, Dune
1: absolutely no is going to bomb. There's no oh, yeah. way this doesn't bomb.
0: The people who are going to go and see Dune will go out and watch it at the cinema because they will be able to. Uh, and then the people uh, who uh, may not have gone uh, to watch it at the cinema will watch it on HBO Max because they can do.
1: Yeah, I, I think with Dune, just quickly on that one... Blade Runner has a massive install base, massive cult following. One of the biggest cult films of all time, you'd probably say, wouldn't you?
0: Uh, yes.
1: That that couldn't make what it needed back. Even at the point where somebody like myself said that th- this new film could even be better than the original. It's at least as good as. Mm-hmm. And it still couldn't do it. Dune is based on a film that came out, which nobody liked <laughs> when it came out. And, now you're going to make a, a, like a remake of that film, which is already that is way in the... There are people that do like that old David Lynch film. David Lynch isn't one of them. But yeah. there are people that do say, oh, it's got some good bits in it. That is, so, that is a slice off the toe end of the Blade Runner niche audience already. So that one's not one of the ones where I'm like, oh, that would have made loads of money in cinema. I don't think that would have done. I think that might even yeah. be better at home.
0: So, I mean, and, but for the spectacle of watching that on a big screen, you can still I do it. And,
1: a, and an IMAX 4K, definitely.
0: Yeah. The Suicide Squad, Godzilla vs. King Kong, you can. We'll have to watch it at the cinema, but they're still going to be on out at cinemas. My my question is: or well, what our thoughts are if cinemas aren't really functioning by July next year, basically middle of next year, if they're not really open fully. Then what do they do? Do they then think, well, what about next year? Because there's going to be well, a massive... What's,
1: what's the situation where you are now with like the, the tier stuff? Because we're in a thing at the minute where we wouldn't be able to go to the cinema at the minute. If
0: it we're was tier open. two here, so if it was open, we would be able to, I think. Yeah, we would, we, we, can't even, line, like,
1: we can't radio. even go sit in a Costa at the minute. or go sit, there's no. Right. can't even go sit in McDonald's. You can't do
0: anything. Boris Johnson that. thinks the North is just one big tier three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <'cause laughs> um But yeah, we obviously tier one is low, two is mid, and three is high risk. I think we're in tier two currently, so we would be able to. But there's, let's not forget as well, all these films are being pushed back. Eventually, there's not going to be enough room for these films. And I've always said, you know, there's, there's so many films that get released at cinemas. Like, I uh, top of my head, like The Nun, The Curse of La Irania. They don't need to be released at cinemas. shove them on streaming because that's. Yeah, pretty, yeah. They'll do better on streaming. And also, they're shit. So just put them on. <laughs> there's so many films, like independent films. You know, like, even like Mother, that isn't, I'm surprised it got the mainstream release, but that's that kind is of like Amazon that, that Prime all over it. it.
1: Isn't it? It's yeah. crazy that Mother came out as a big release.
0: And I think they're going to get to a point where they're only going to have like the tentpole films like your Star Wars, Marvel, DC, I think that's uh, what, what the World. Thing
1: that, the whole thing that um, Scorsese said a bit back, I think, was taken massively out of context when he said that Marvel films aren't cinema and that they're not um and that they're these theme park rides i don't think he actually meant that in a, in, in that much i think he did it it was a bit of a dig and it was a bit of a thing to say
0: oh yeah
1: i think he meant it in more of the sense that this is now the cinema normal but it's not cinema as i know it it's more what he was trying to say in the sense that they are theme park rides that's not a bad thing theme park rides are fucking awesome like marvel movies are theme park rides and even in the sense that I don't watch those and sit and, and analyze Mister like Flat I go I go and have a fun time, and it, that's what they are. And he's right, at what he's saying in the sense that cinema now, as he's just shown, he's 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 gone to Netflix. Everything is being watched from the comfort of your own home. But yeah,
0: well, you just mentioned theme parks, mate. How about this? <laughs> um, I've been I, I haven't been to. I'm just moving off that now because we're going to get. We could go on for that. That's, that's that's pretty much an episode by itself as well, like the future of film. But yeah,
1: um, you just had a bit of a segment of uh, the current state of film,
0: uh, just what what's going on in our mind regarding film. But you mentioned theme parks and that. Obviously, the Wizarding World has done what? Yeah, has done what is the best thing it could have done, basically, because twenty ten, I think the last Potter film was, and then yeah, the Fantastic Beast film came out. But in terms of Harry Potter. It's, it's kind of finished now. Like those films are finished now. So what do they do to keep the franchise um, up and running? Well, up up in uh, Leavesden, Watford, Hertfordshire, at the, at the Warner Brothers Studios, they open Harry Potter Studio Tours where you can go and see the the props, the the locations. The you walk into the Great Hall, but you know it's like a Potterhead's dream. That's here. I've been. I know Beefcake's been, and the one you went to in Florida, isn't there, mate? And there's one in California too.
1: Yeah, it's the thing in Florida is completely different to the one in Watford. And in the, like, the one in Watford is more of like a informational tour of the props and behind the scenes of the films and stuff. Whereas
0: yeah.
1: in Orlando, it's, it's, you are in the films.
0: <laughs> like, You're there. You're it's completely
1: role-playing. Yeah. And I, I said this to you before having a mate, but um, I'm a much bigger Star Wars fan than I am a Harry Potter fan by a long way, but it, it, Diagon Alley and um, Hogwarts are so good. They are so, so, so damn good. Like, I think they are the best sort of um, example of immersion in a, in, a, in a theme park that exists. I, I love Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge is really fun, but what they do in Harry Potter, every single detail on every wall. I walked in with Beth. She'd never been to um, see Harry Potter. World. Well, she'd been going to Orlando for a bit, but She'd been doing Disney and staying in a Disney hotel, different Disney hotels in different different parks and stuff, but sort of staying on the grounds of Disney. So she'd not been to Universal. She absolutely burst into tears when we walked in there. Into, um, She's
0: a the big fan, industry. not she? Into, into big Iron Man Alley.
1: Oh, yeah. Beth's the biggest Harry Potter fan I've ever met. She's got – she must literally have – I'll take a picture and we'll put it on the socials for people to look at and stuff, but she must have about 20-odd different copies
0: we worked it out as hundreds didn't we
1: it was yeah like different copies of the six so she's got like that many 20 different copies of like philosopher's stone and order of phoenix and all this stuff she collects all the different versions she's got like japanese versions she's got so many and like yeah she's massive massive harry potter fan she was a harry potter fan before a star wars fan she'll tell you now as well she's a bigger star wars fan now than she is harry potter so that's an (laughs) interesting thing but um yeah it's honestly mate it is amazing she burst into tears when we walked in there it was it was that was even more amazing moment for me because like she can speak more to how accurate things are and she was standing there like pointing out shot oh my god they've even got the this and this and like the cauldrons even like that like she could speak to every single thing that i was just immersed in the proof is there that it Ooh. is the best because like i can sit there and not know anything about the universe and go right this is the best thing in, in theme parks. And then That's she would go in that, and man. know everything about it and go, yeah, this is incredible. Like the, she just, every time we went there, she's like, can we go back to Diagon Alley? And the best thing is, there's two parks in Orlando. There's um, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. And you you can walk back out the way you came in and go back and show your ticket at the front gate and then go back into Islands of Adventure. Then you can do the same back and forth from Universal and Studios and Islands of Adventure. They've now built the train that goes from one park to the other in the middle of the parks from, that goes from Gringotts to Hogwarts.
0: Nice.
1: And while you're on the train, you don't see what's outside. You see it's like a that's a ride in itself. But you are just sat on the train, but then like the bloody um the Death Eaters and everything are all coming past and you nice. I don't know what they're called, but the dudes the the like the Oh, what are they? The bloody They've got like half horse, half men people.
0: Oh, they're in yeah, the forest. Minotaur, not I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, the
1: Minotaur looking do as well. I don't know what the term is for them in Harry Potter, but yeah, those guys are all running past and then the music comes on and you see Hogwarts on the screen of the train that you're sat in. As it pulls up, it's there. When you walk outside the train, they've lined it up and like obviously they've taken years and experts have all done this. You walk out and it, it looks exactly like it looked when you stepped out like on the screen. It is mental, honestly. And then, for the queues for the ride, you can walk through and you can go through like the bank and like all the like people there. It's it's so overwhelming. And again, I love Galaxy's Edge, but I always think when I go there, I'm like, I wish they did a Star Wars version of this, like where it's this level of immersion. You can walk down like an alleyway in in Alley. You can go down an alleyway. And, and, like, go, well, where the fuck am I going here? And you can get, like, sort of lost for a second. Then you end up in, like, um, like a – I can't remember what it's called. It's, like, a shop for, like, the dark arts or something. And you yeah, just end up there randomly. And then, like, there's all, like, skulls in there. And, oh, mate, it's crazy. Everybody's got wands as well. So you go into the wand shop. It looks exactly like the shop, like, as in they're all stacked, like, crazily. Nice. Like, they're not, like – and these are the ones you buy – you have to just, like, go through them to get to them because, like, they're stacked, like, in the most mental way, like, exactly how they are in the films. So Beth bought one. You can walk around and, like, interact with the world with the wand. So, like, if you... You have to swish your hand in, like, a certain way as well for it to work or, like, a certain way on a different thing, but you can do it in one way and, like, turn all the lights off and then you can do it on another and make, like, water pour out of this thing on anybody that's walking past. Like, and I thought, like, oh it won't be that well set up. You'll just have to flick your wand in front of it and, like, it'll just work no matter what. You have to do, like, the spell exactly as they say. And, like, nice. oh, it's, seeing the little kids walking around as well and just, like, they they really believe they're doing a magic spell. And that is, like, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, as much as us kid alts go there to enjoy it. These these kids that are going stand there with their wand and do, like, this thing and then, like, a ball of lightning comes down like, the lights go off. They are genuinely mesmerised and think that they're doing magic it's it's the best mate. mate. it's it's so immersive and i'd say it's really cool seeing stormtroopers walk around galaxy's edge is massively in its infancy it's only just been built obviously but yeah yeah, gringotts and thing you're just
0: if i take out
1: my, my sort of fandom aside they are the bomb oh and also you can just walk straight in you can walk straight into this and even the places where you eat they're all these names that i don't no like in in and out but they're all names of stuff from the films you can walk in there and just get like a toad in the hole and some gravy or like it's all english meals all english stuff, yeah. english food like it's yeah it's mental and i'm speaking about it this passionately from somebody who's seen these films once so that tells you how good that theme park is
0: well, i would love to go to that i'd absolutely love 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 to go and i hope to do so one day because uh, I obviously want to go to Galaxy's Edge, but I want to I want to go to the withering world and go go to Ollivanders and go down Diagon Alley and the mm. dark art. And go on, go on, the, go on the go on this train and everything. Because job, how mate. cool would that be?
1: Of immersing you away from even just the park that you're in when you go into like. Gringotts, you can't just see, like... Because there's Marvel land there as well, and there's, like, a black section. You've got Springfield that you can walk around. Like, you can just go get a duff from, like, Moe's Tavern. But you can't see any of that once you're in Harry Potter because you have to walk through... You have to walk through, um like, the London Underground to get to it. And then, like, you walk through, like, a gap in a wall, and then you're there, and when you come through the gap, that's the bit, like I said, like, where Beth was, like, roaring her eyes out because you walk through and it's, like, just this black little bit that you like walk through you can't really see much and then it opens out and the fucking dragons on top of like the bank and it's just then it's breathing fire out on everybody it's crazy it's so good but
0: yeah oh it just makes me jealous because i'd really quite like to go there but, but that's we'll,
1: what it's all about an npm episode special from most tavern and we'll both sit with a big big old duff next to barney
0: and uh... i call it a duff because i'm a i'm a posho um a duff and a duff it would be quality man like you say if if the super fans can go there and get that kind of reaction, then that's what it's all about, isn't it? And obviously we mentioned about the kiddly winks, you know, the kids magic is like, how many, how many, how many kids didn't grow up like abracadabra and like pretend to be magicians and do, do magic at least once or twice. And especially if you're so invested in these worlds as well. And a lot and of these kids probably out read the their outfits as well. On as
1: well with their names on them. Like they've all got their Hogwarts outfits on the staff, <sighs> the kids that are walking around. Like it's yeah.
0: I would no, man, I'd love. To. I mean, I've been to the one in Watford, and that was a lot of fun. Again, as a film film dude. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not a film dude. I hate those guys. As a film person, uh, it was it's really it was really cool just to see like the props and go and take your pictures on the on the bridge and outside Privet Drive and finally taste butter beer and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's okay.
1: The butter beers in Gringotts, the frozen butter beers that they do, as you drink in it, so it's like a. It's like a like you know, like a slush puppy, like an ice drink thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. But like um with like a thick layer of like it's like cream, but it tastes like icing sugar almost.
0: It's really quite odd, whatever they put on it.
1: Yeah, well the the ones in um England are quite good. But they do also they do like different kinds in um America. So like you can, you can get the frozen, the still, I think you can get like a hot one as well. Oh yeah. But um yeah, they're so good. You can feel your arteries clogging up as you're drinking it. It's really, really sweet. Yeah. They're so I'm good.
0: Unclocky us with your wand and it'll be fine.
1: <laughs> Clockyus. What did I buy last time? I bought a drink last time. They did like a pumpkin juice and uh, uh, yes. That was that was like really sweet as well. But it was really good. Beth bought a um you can buy like a thing and it's like a it's just like a pretend magic thing or something where you just buy a water, but then you buy a, a potion and you put the potion in the water and that makes it into a whatever drink. It's just like...
0: It's up and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that that was... sounds fun, mate. I like, no, mate, honestly, all that sounds, all that sounds quality, mate, because I'm thinking over here in the United Kingdom, you walk into Primark and they've still got a dedicated Harry Potter section of like clothes, jewellery, scarves, pyjamas, socks. Um, you go into Waterstones, which is a book retailer over here. They've got like a Potter section for, like again, little games, little tinklet tinklets. Um, trinket, sorry, the for sweets like the or candy, the the chocolate frogs and all that. I mean, for a franchise which stopped essentially ten years ago, uh, in terms of it like, being up like, so mainstream, it's still movies, massive,
1: isn't
0: it? Yeah. It's following's massive, but they're still pumping out new merchandise, and there's not going to. I can't ever see a world, and obviously, let's not forget the cursed child. They've got the cursed child in the West End. I haven't seen it, but I know people have read the book and uh, the screenplay. Sorry and said, yeah, it's fine, it's good, it's all right. And that's set after years after Deathly Hallow and everyone's all grown up and Harry's a teacher at Hogwarts. But um, there's not going to be another part of film. I cannot in any way, shape or form ever see Emma Watson, uh, Danny Radcliffe and Rupert Grint ever coming back again. Not because they wouldn't want to, I just think the ship sailed. Yeah. yeah, I'm never going to say never. Never say never, but I think there's under under five percent chance or under three percent chance there's going to be more. But there's still, but it's still such a massive, massive following. Like I say, the merchandise, the books have sold over five hundred million copies in over eighty languages worldwide. The films are still popular when they get re released. People still rush out to see them. One million. The clothing merch. Yeah. You've got the Universal you mentioned. Like, where, you, where you went to in Universal. I'm going to put myself out here now and say I bet the Harry Potter. Uh, experience Universal, I bet it was quite busy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's, I mean, yeah, no, people the, love
1: the rides are hours long queues for every single. Oh, I didn't even mention the rides. The rides are bonkers. There's like a whole rides where you get on and you, you, you're on a broom and you're going through every, like, you're going through the Quidditch match and then a dragon attacks you and, like, all sorts of shit goes down. Yeah, the, the rides for those, like you say, mate, they're really busy. Um, Hour long queues on every time.
0: There you go. That's exactly the point. Is that people are still flocking to watch this stuff, buy these things, immerse themselves in the world? They around the world, they still have Quidditch tournaments. You can go and play in them. There's still like every time I go on social media, in and around the Essex area, there's some kind of Harry Potter pub quiz going on. It's it's huge, and it, and it still is, and that that's testament to. And again, separate the art from the artist here. It's testament to the world J.K. Rowling built and the imagination that she used to bring these characters to life in the books. It's testament to Warner Brothers and how they managed to bring, and J.K. Rowling, and the directors and everyone involved, to bring that to the screen as well. Because it's not just the book readers who went to see these films. Because if it was, they wouldn't have done as well. Yes, they're popular, but the book readers aren't going to give them a billion dollars, 800 like million dollars. how they
1: got someone like me, where I exactly. had read the books, yeah. seen the yeah. films, I ended up getting into the parks, now I've seen the films, and I'll probably read the books.
0: Yeah, and I hadn't read the books. I, I only watched the films because I said, all right, go on in. To, uh, to someone before, to a couple of years ago. I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's watch them and watch the first one. It's like, okay, this is fun. Let's watch the second one; no, this is all right. And then, like the more the more you get going into it, the more you're like, do you know what? I can't wait for tomorrow to watch the next one. And I was yes, going that, back. That, and was that's
1: like, what I thought.
0: Yeah, I'm really quite looking forward to watching the next one, which I never thought. Um, so that was my ignorance of not watching it earlier. But you know, these things are still popular, man. So it's, you know, everybody involved in these productions, from from the inception of the books to now, when even like Disney, Universal Studios, I mean, Christ, I mean, everyone deserves a hell of a lot of credit for keeping this thing alive. And the fans the, the fans are rabid. And that's why there are so many arguments and discussions and controversies in-universe and within the fans. Like, Obviously, was it the MuggleNet and people like that? Because everyone is so passionate, like the Star Wars fans, like the Lord of the Rings fans, um, every other IP out there, DC, Marvel. Because the fans love this world. And that's why there's such a d- devout following. And they could the thing is they could release anything and people would go to watch it because it's got the Wizarding World on it. I just hope that they don't release utter crap like potentially Fantastic B three could be, just because it's got Wizarding World on it and expect people to turn up because you know, otherwise people are gonna ban that franchise because the eight potter films still stand uh, still hold up. So where where do they go from here though, mate? Because you've got you've got the eight potter books, the seven potter books out. You've got The Cursed Charles come out, which is you know, Harry, Ron, Hermione and their kids post Potter what decades later you've got Fantastic Beasts obviously you've got we didn't even mention the game that's coming out actually dude we've got the game that's what Uh, I was um, going to say when
1: you you were just going
0: to ask me that. what's the okay we'll we'll include that in it as well then so alongside the game what else do they do let's just we know Fantastic Beasts 3 is coming so fine but we've got the game is there anything else they can do to keep this going like for years and years uh, in the future
1: that game, if it's as good as it looks like it is, could be a big step towards keeping things going. Those games of service and stuff like that are massive. Look at like what's happening with Fortnite. Every single like IP has fallen over backwards to get themselves into Fortnite. It used to be the case where games used to have to like try and sort out a deal with a company to get in. Now it's the case where companies are trying to sort out deals to get into Fortnite because it's just so many eyes put on something at once. And if you can get something with Harry Potter where you've got these like timed events that are based on other things that are coming out that can tie into books and film releases and everything else, then yeah, you're on a win with that. And that game does look, me and you both said at the time, didn't we, when, um, when that came out the trailer for it we both said it looked really good it looked like something you could get lost in for a long time so
0: legacy honestly mate it's because I mean, you cause you saw it because obviously it's the you're the out uh, the two of us as, as listeners know and is the gamer so he and watched the PS5 uh, reveal and he said to me like, go and watch these ones because i think you're going to like them um, and one of them was Hogwarts Legacy and i watched it because i'd seen people online like going mad about it how good it looks. so i, I went and had a look at it I was like, do you know what this looks? Just, just looks quality. Mm-hmm. And other than it's set in like the late eighteen hundreds, so I think it predates Fantastic Beasts as well. Yeah, but it just looks amazing. There's not, not just the graphics. I mean, just like the gameplay. It's, it's the, got potential the, to
1: be the, the Knights of the Old Republic of Harry Potter, basically. A good shout.
0: Yeah, that's a good shout. And when it comes out in twenty twenty one, apparently, it's Avalanche Software. or the developers. Mm. I, I, I want to get. I haven't got a PS five yet. I do intend to get one, probably at uh, some point, 2021. And I and I, I buy games. You know I mean, I, I buy games that interest me or if Ant says to go to get one, check this one out. This one I will be buying when it comes out. And I don't do that very often with games.
1: Yeah, you know, you're not 100% cards. certain beforehand, but with this one, you're like, yeah, get in
0: it. I gen- <laughs> genuinely will. again, And I'm not even the biggest Wizarding World fan. I mean, I lo- I really, really dig the Wizarding World, but I can't tell you um, who Gringot is and I can't tell you, you know, what like. It looks like if it's even got yeah. one. I don't know all those kind of details, but I love the films. I like the, like you, I love the the world and the urgency of it on how everything's. It's like you could make stories from some, but let's like Star Wars, you could make stories from somebody sitting in the background and and they've got their own story and you could spin off from that. And it's, there's so many possibilities. And that's what I like about it. And this game looks to play in just like that. The char- not, We don't know who the characters are in terms of it's not going to be, it's not going to be Harry and people like that. We've, they're, they're, those games exist when the film comes out. It's new characters, it's set in, a, it's set in Hogwarts that like we know, but it's going to give me new spells, new stories. I mean, it's. Ex- I love this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, man, it's going to be, hopefully, obviously, like you said, hopefully it's going to be a, an, an epic time, that game, but we'll just have to see. I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on for how good that trailer was now. They've got to live up to it, haven't they?
0: Yeah, that's it. I I, I think they will they, again. There are there are some naysayers about it because of the connection to the author, but I mean, in terms of a game, it looks so far. It looks it could end up being an absolute dogpile, oh, but yeah. it looks very good. I mean, if so, if you take the game out of the equation, how how do they keep the Wizarding World relevant because of the shitstorm that Fantastic beast has given them? How do they? I mean, the park think, is going to be there for a long time, and it will people will want to go to it. But is that going to be enough?
1: They're in trouble in a bit. Of the sense that Fantastic Beasts has been a bit of a shit show, especially just like from a marketing point of view and whatnot. And just PR is just madness on that film, isn't it? With what Mm -hmm. shit's gone down with all the actors. You've got all the shit going on with JK Rowling. So people are, a a massive portion of people are less sort of likely to want to support anything that she's going to make money off of. That is a thing, whether whatever you feel about that, that is definitely a thing that exists online. People People really don't want to, even people who are massive Harry Potter fans are now turning to stuff like, and this is obviously in light of the bullshit that she's come out with is obviously people's decision to do so. Um, people have now turned to buying stuff on Etsy made by Harry Potter fans so that she won't make any money off it and stuff. So people are going to lengths to make sure that they don't give her any money. So
0: and she's not going to do a George Lucas and sell her franchise.
1: I don't think she is, no.
0: She's not going to do that. I, I can't not see might, that at all.
1: She might end up getting to a point where she's sort of biting her nose, spite her face sort of thing, because it's just like, she needs to sort it out because she's losing her audience, a, a big part of it, isn't she? Because a lot of her audience aren't going to be the kind of people who agree with this stuff that she's coming out with as well, from the stuff I've seen anyway, that a lot of people are just saying, no, this is wrong, and it goes against everything that you talk about in – your books and your, and your movies that came out, like the messages that they put across are so against these things you're saying. I think that's got to be cleaned up. She has got to, I, I, again, I don't know if I'm even qualified to answer what the fuck she's got to do to sort that out in a, from a sense of like getting people's faith back again and making up for the shit that she's come out with.
0: Yeah.
1: But I don't know, man, to keep it going. Again, the theme park will be massive probably forever. I can't can't see that being taken down anytime soon. It's so impressive. Um, The game is obviously a big step. I think maybe if the game's good, you could maybe see some more material take place in that time, maybe books coming out from that era.
0: What about animated series? a bit like Camp Cretaceous.
1: They They could do something like that, but we see stuff with Star Wars where, like, you see like Battlefront come out and then there's a bunch of books that come out about Adam versus or whatnot. If these characters say in this um, big RPG that's coming out, if there's a big storyline that goes down, there could be stories told before and after that, during it, that era. Um, yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of ways that they can go. Uh, I'm excited to see where it does go to be fair. I, I, I'm all up for more Potter films, any era to be fair. Just, yeah. I think it's a universe that is very much set up to be, Expanded upon after Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part Two takes place, and before the first one even took place.
0: I'm listening to everything you're saying there, and I, I'm I actually agree with everything you say. Not like that's a new thing, of course, but we, we disagree sometimes. But um, the only thing is, because I was going to say, I, I can see her. I can see. I think books are going to be the savior for this franchise at the minute whether it's set upon the Hogwarts legacy characters or you could, you could still write books about Harry Potter himself and you still write books about him and, and the, and the characters that people love and they will sell, but who's going to write the books and you know, who's going to write the books and are people going to want to buy those books because of JK Rowling? you can't exactly be like, Oh, I'm a Galbraith again and have a pseudonym. Books are the way forward. I think because that's how it started. And 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 then, and then and you're not limited. Maybe it's you can a good write job about. that
1: J.K. Rowling can't develop games.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've watched, yeah, I've watched it all. Because,
1: because like, apparently, so. she's got nothing to do with the game, and people point out correctly that she will still make money off it, regardless of her having nothing to do with yeah, it. She,
0: yeah, because it's, it's the same as Lucas. You know, anything that, at the top beforehand, yeah. he probably, probably even now, that has Star Wars in it, he'll make so a cut-off. But you, with books, you can write about how... You can do a Ron story. You can do a Harry Potter story. You can do Neville. You can do anything. You can spin everybody off in a book, but... Yeah. Would does J.K. Rowling say? Okay, yeah, we're going to do an anthology of books. I'm not going to write. I'm going to pick the authors, but I'm not going to write them. I might. I might give them like a, a general idea of the story, but I'm going to have this person write this one. I'm going to have this person. If she would do that, it could be good. But then, would they feel like Potter? Who knows? Mm. I think the best. I think the way forward at the minute is the books because the fans. A lot of the fans of the franchise came from the books. If they release new books, especially with Harry Potter, Ron and Hermione in them. I think they would be they would be very, very anticipated. People would fall head over heels for them. But it's just that massive niffler in the room of who's going to write the books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the only sticking point at the minute because, yeah, the, the theme park's going to stay open forever. The films are still there and the books are still there. They're not ever going to go anywhere. But you, you can't... And the game's going to be good, I imagine. But is it gonna? Is, is it gonna? Uh, you know, does everybody who who watches the films and everybody who supports this franchise and they're going to go out and buy a PS five to play the game or Xbox? Probably not. So I think books is the way forward. But it's just that sticking point. If any of you listeners out there have anything all, on that, all the good stuff
1: from this franchise is because of J.K. Rowling. And now anywhere that it goes or doesn't go is going to be because of her too. And like you said, she's just going to have to do something about the fact that she's lost a lot of her audience because she's, she's just being a twat. <laughs> there's not, yeah, not
0: really any way to what it is that so she's being a dick. And that's, that's why I'm saying to listeners, do, is, do you know, if would do, do any of you guys, are you bothered that JK Rowling will write the books? Would you not buy them? Do you think there's a potential issue there with having her name on the books because of this kind of controversy, whether or not you agree to controversy, but do you think J.K. Rowling's name on the franchise could hurt it, even though it's her franchise? It's such a strange, strange, strange conundrum because she is well, Like I Harry said,
1: the, the fact that it's I've, I've seen is. this and I'm not massively in the Harry Potter circle of fans, and I've even seen that people are saying, no, don't buy anything like that's going to give money to her. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. like said, a book would definitely be that. And yeah. pff, I don't know. It's, it's a really awkward one, and that it must be awkward for the people who are working with her that are trying to say, look, you need to be quiet. And all, there's all the stuff with changing characters after the fact and saying that they were this and they were that, that sort of people at that point were starting to just sort of question maybe what she was like really on about, like what, what which bits were legit and which bits weren't. And then obviously with the stuff after that, that she's been coming, I think it's a bunch of stuff against like trans people she's been saying on Twitter and that's the big one, isn't it? That yes, why, so. why come out with all that shit? Like, it must be a nightmare for the people. Listen to how much we're scratching our brains over how to deal with her, and then think about, a, think about the people uh, who are sat working next to her and trying to advise her.
0: Massive conversation though, because on one side there'll be people saying, "Well, she's allowed to have an opinion, even if they don't agree with it," and the, and the other side are saying. If you've got, if that's your opinion, don't say it. And where, do, where you know, where do we draw the line? It's like, I mean, that's well, like I a
1: thing. Is the end of the day she can have an opinion and say it, but then everybody else has got the choice to not buy anything she does ever again. <laughs>
0: yeah, so. Yeah. Again, again, I mean, her publisher might be saying, "Look, come on, come on, old Joe, keep your mash up." But she might be like, "I'm JK rolling around in my billion dollars here, so," you. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't need. To, and this is going to sound very short sighted potentially, but she doesn't need to do anything anymore. She could say, and as much as I don't agree with it, she could say what the hell she wants now. He's a billionaire. She made Harry Potter. Nobody could ever change and that's that. The
1: other thing is, It, I don't
0: is, agree it is, what she is, is
1: wrong is. to sort of. I, I totally understand why people don't want to give their money to her because yeah she's shit and stuff <laughs> if she doesn't get a penny for the rest of her life she'll still be a billionaire like it's that's the harsh reality here is she already made all the money and now she's coming out with all this stuff it's an awkward one and it's something awkward for me is that i'm not really that close to this franchise or her yeah. what do you think this would be like just as a question if george lucas now after everybody has given him let's say he still owns a franchise and he still makes 100% of the money like he did before. What happens if he comes out to be like a massive just prick? Like he's a racist, sexist, transphobic dick. Like what do you do? It's so awkward. Like there's this universe that you love and I feel bad for the Potter fans because they love this universe, but the creators are like an arsehole. So what do you do? It's
0: people on the fans of Star Wars and the internet who, who share those beliefs. So they'd probably be quite happy. But, they'd um, flock over to him, yeah. That, was but that, but yeah. that is, that is like a million-dollar question is to, to Potter fans as well. I'm just trying to and make if-
1: it more relevant to us in the sense that like, I'm not that versed in the Harry Potter stuff where it doesn't affect me. I, I'm not making that decision like every week of, oh, do I want to buy this thing? Because I don't buy that much Potter stuff. And even Beth has said to me she she was going to get – she's got the uh, Disney castle on her right side like a massive castle that she's got there. She wanted the, um, she wanted Hogwarts on a, on a other leg. But even she was like, she's like, I don't really know though anymore because all this stuff with JK Rowling, like I don't even know. And, And that's sad. That is really fucking sad that she genuinely loves this universe, but, She's scared that if she, she, she doesn't want to get it and support something that's like bad, and she she, she doesn't want to have someone on her leg for the rest of her life when it's run by this woman who's a dick, maybe... here's a question
0: for the-, the Potter heads out there, including like, including obviously Beth K, but for the fans of Potter, would you rather the Wizarding World just cease now in order to not... Yeah. This, isn't a, this, isn't, this isn't a threat, or it's a threat, this isn't like a, come on you idiot, but if it meant not giving J.K. Rowling the money or supporting her, would you be happy to see... No more content in the Wizarding World going forward. Mm. Would you be happy with that? Because me, again, I don't agree with anything that you said, but I'd only, I, I'd buy the content because I want to get dive into the world. I want to know like, if these books came out, I want to know what's happening in and the it's world. Been proven and
1: what's in recent years, years that, like,
0: well, it's from, from, the world.
1: from some people's points of view, it's been proven in certain years that Star Wars didn't need Lucas. Like, you could, you could, there are other people who can tell stories in that universe how about some other people who can tell stories in Harry Potter? And I know I'm not saying she's going to sell it. I'm saying, what about in that universe where she doesn't have it anymore? That would be great because then yeah, I'm assuming we'll, we'll get more stories, more books, more games, more movies, all this stuff.
0: We'll just give up-and-coming authors a chance to write the next books. Yeah. Time to think, where she's still like she's like the, the producer, if you will, overseeing the stories, but her name's not in front of the book. And again, this is getting into such weird territory, but <laughs> I'm really interested to know like, if, if the Wizarding World fans would be happy to see everything at the end of the Wizarding World. Well, that's meant- the
1: question for you then. With with Star Wars, would you be happy to see that end?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, but same as a part of though. I mean, same with Star Wars is that well, I I have I I have my beliefs and most of them don't align. to Pretty much all of them don't align with what she said or what you yeah. know we in this fictional world. What Lucas would be saying? I don't agree. I wouldn't agree with any of that but I want to support the law. That's the, that's a conundrum is like, I want to know, I want to still watch the films because of, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, not you know, I'm not interested in yeah. it. In, like, and if, 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 let's just, I'm, I'm talking hypothetically, let's imagine Lucas was like the biggest neo, let's just say Lucas was Hitler. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be invested in him. It's just characters. Yes, they're created by him, but it's the characters in the world I'd be invested in. And I can completely see the, the absolute conundrum there, but same the same with The Wizarding World. I wouldn't buy the books to support J.K. Rowling per se, even though I'm not as invested. I'd buy them because I want to know what's going on in the world. I'll buy the game because I want to get myself immersed in the world. Hmm. I'll go to Olive Anders in, in Universal and buy a wand because I want to I experience is, it.
1: I, th- I think the, the difference for me here with this is I want to buy that game, right? And I know that that money's going to go to J.K. Rowling and that's a bit shit. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about something done by her anymore. Because too much of my brain is thinking well a lot of these creators are quite whether they try to be or not you are obviously gonna come across like quite biographical in what you talk about like you're going to put your opinions and your thoughts across i don't want to read some shit written by her because she's a dick and mm-hmm. again it's less about the money thing for me about her gaining money because she's already really rich i just i wouldn't want to consume a story written by her it's like if a director, like I said, like came out and it, had all this stuff to say, I wouldn't want to see what their message is putting across on film or book because that's what it is. It's you're you, you putting your real life experience, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and everything into your art. And
0: like Woody Allen, to... Roman Polanski, every time one of their films comes out, people just don't jive with it because of yeah what they have done basically. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's what that's what Woody it is. Allen, I, like... Like, I, I like Woody Allen's films. But uh, you know him, uh, but but and is that as well it's like? Do you oh, that's the example, audience?
1: isn't it? It's like you don't want to see Kevin Spacey anymore, but you still want to watch House of Cards.
0: Oh, I still want to go and watch Seven and um, Usual, Usual Suspects and stuff like that as well. But. Again, it's the art or the artist. Well, would you wouldn't watch support? something
1: new that he's done, would you? Because it's a bit like, well, do, I, do you really want us to no, In he's fact, he's not going to do anything new as he? he's done. But you know what yeah, I mean? It's like,
0: I'm all just replacing, if you're, but if you're invested say, in House yeah, of
1: Cards, everybody unanimously was like, we don't want the show to stop. We just want him out. So that's what happened. Yeah. It's like, it's the same with J.K. Rowling. We don't want Harry Potter to stop. We just want her to stop doing it. I don't even care if she still makes a bit of money off it, whatever. I don't want her stories told anymore because... Like, what a- and, and and this is not me saying she shouldn't be allowed a voice. I'm saying for me personally, I don't want to read them is what I'm saying.
0: No, I hear you. I, I always support the art where possible rather than the artist, but sometimes the two are intertwined. Yeah. And you end up doing both, even if you don't mean to. Think but, about but we
1: watched disgusting. in the 80s, how much disgusting shit went down from every single person there. And the thing is, that's different. And it's like... People – so let's bring up – this is a random segment that I never thought we'd go into on NPM, but the shit with, like, the Gina Carano stuff. People keep saying stuff like, oh, well, what about all the actors from the 80s? They were all right, shitbags and stuff like that. The difference is this this is out now. The Mandalorian is out now in 2020 in a different, completely different political landscape and one where you can sit and put all your opinions on Twitter – and she's choosing to put the ones that she is, so people don't like it. If you tell me all of a sudden now, oh, and one of your favourite films of all time is The Thing. Yeah, but Kurt Russell's a fucking this and that. Was he that then or is he that now? He's, there's lots of intricacies going on, but that's the thing is that J.K. Rowling has always been on board with this. It's always been her baby, hasn't it? So it is that It's not one backroom member of staff or one certain writer or or one actor in it, it's the creator. It's the George Lucas of Harry Potter. It's it's much more difficult, isn't it, in this circumstance than the amount of films that... In my top 25, I bet there's a bunch of people who are in those films that are really dogshit people. But it's different because you don't know all the ins and outs, but with her she's uh, with her and with Gina Carano, that's why I brought both of them up as an example, they're both just putting this crap right there in front of your eyes for the public to see it's not i don't know it's again i, I don't i am not smart enough to transition and go through all this but if something just gives you a bad feeling like that that's not good from a perspective of somebody who's trying to consume it if i go to harry potter and i the first thing i think is oh she's a bit of a, should i buy this that's not good it is not good at all so in long answer to your question of how does this carry on it's awkward it is awkward yeah. isn't it
0: no and, yeah, you're right and
1: 90% of this episode just gushing over how much we love all this and then just the end now it would be a bit we said before the show we didn't know if we wanted to go into it and stuff didn't we but it's, it's kind of hard to avoid it's an elephant in a room isn't it that
0: the people really yeah. don't like her but that's it but a couple of months ago and and now it's well, two months a difference. the harry Potter, the harry potter books are selling better than ever at the minute because of lockdown despite jk rowling so They've got, they've got the
1: internet bubble, and there are a lot of people who just don't even know any of this exists. That she's said what she said, and they're just buying it and just loving it. Think about all those kids who are in the parks as well. They don't know about this. Like, you, that, this universe shouldn't be taken away from them. Do you know what I mean?
0: It's. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. It, it, there'll be people who don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's a 27% growth rate, a quarter of growth. And a lot of that can be attributed, but to lockdown, people just need something to entertain themselves. But you know, there hasn't been the backlash has seemingly been it's it's huge. But there, people are still buying the books, and there's been a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of people who are close to who have sort of left her side. A couple of authors who are in her stable of within her agency have left, but she's still, as far as I'm aware, she's still um, uh, contracted or at least on terms with Bloomsbury, who. Um, published her books in the first place. There hasn't been any they have as far as I'm aware, they haven't come out and been like, nope, we're washing our hands of this person. So hmm. you know, there's still a relationship. So some of the authors who work with her have like have resigned from her care, care if you will. Yeah, people you, are still buying the books, yeah. mate. Yeah. People are still buying the books. And if you look, I mean, speaking of the books, mate, if you, some of those books are worth up to like fifty-five thousand dollars at the minute. It's incredible. Like the original nineteen ninety seven first edition Bloomsbury's so if you've got any of those in the if you've got any of those, mate, um, don't, don't, minute tell, minute. don't tell, don't tell Beth. Cake, go and get some. Go and sell it, and we'll go to uh, Harry Potter World and just tell her you're ill. And you've got a so far in the loft
1: for a week. Yeah, Let's go halves on them books. Yeah,
0: cool. That's it, and I, it, I I have no say in it, but I still wouldn't mind ten <laughs> grand. I wouldn't mind. But um, so yeah, so on that the book the book sales are up. We've got a new game coming out, the Wizarding World in uh, Watford. Because I've looked, is absolutely sold out. Still, is so popular you really have to struggle to get in. The one in Florida and, and California, whatever, they're not going to get any less busy. So, interest in this is still fever pitch, regardless of what the creator says or does. But I do believe it would have. I do believe if she was to release a new book, it would have an issue. The existing books are already out there. If she was, if it would be like Harry, Harry Potter and the you know the old age pensioners' home. I don't think that sells as well because of the connections and the crap she's been spewing but mm. you know maybe maybe they could do an animated series or or something along those lines setting setting in hogwarts and i'll have maybe, to
1: ask i think it. the best person to answer this would be would be beth i'll have to ask her if she would buy a new book because like i said the the best example i can give without she's not here at the minute she's at work but the best example i can give is she doesn't want to get that tattoo anymore and she was so set on getting
0: it and that's exactly it mate and, that, and that's and that's and that's, that's not even and that's that's a tattoo. I mean that's something deeply personal to you. Yeah, the fact fact that even nothing has changed
1: about a love to Harry Potter except J.K. Rowling.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly, and this is it. It's a very good point, mate. Is that even a tattoo, which is something so deeply personal, which to to be able to be like people might see that as a supporting what she said, even though you could be like, no, I got this ten years ago, but it's, it's just that idea in the back of your mind, and it's it's such a strange, strange situation and yeah, yeah, honestly yeah ask her if if there was to be a new harry potter book not yeah, a re-release yeah. but a new one you know would would you buy and everybody out there as well i'm so interested in this would you buy a new harry potter book by jk rowling if you say yes you know judgment from me because i probably would as well because i want to know what the story is yeah, about yeah oh yeah but
1: no, no judgment yeah it's people's people's decision so if they want
0: to do this yeah that doesn't mean you're supporting anyone but we to- as answer said we totally understand the the, the kind of issues that surround it, or you know yeah. what what people may think. So, but and again, yeah, it was an interesting. If,
1: if I've misspoken on any of this, I'm a dumbass. So, oh, forgive. same here. <laughs> like, but we we are trying to speak about this from the perspective of we do understand the problems of what she's saying. We really, really, really don't agree with the shit that she's saying, and we mm-hmm. we we're maybe not the voice for this because we're not the biggest Harry Potter fans, and and. It's an awkward one again, like we said, and it's not. I don't know. It's not good, like we said. Um, I just, I just think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what she needs to do, but something needs to happen.
0: Yeah, I I think to kind of just maybe shuffle off into the background. Yeah, have creative control still, but let other people like what they're doing with Star Wars. Yes, George isn't around now, but uh, and also it's obviously different variations of degrees of success but let other people have a go Mm. she can come up with stories but let somebody else write the book let somebody else create a story or something like that um so there are ways to do but it's whether or not you know she'd she'd want to do that or not but uh again yes who knows by the time this episode gets released there may be a new harry potter film that's coming out we don't know uh but that was an interesting conversation. And to be fair, I think we <laughs> had a good, a, a good chat there, actually, about the, the Wizarding World itself, though, mate. I think we've covered everything. We've mentioned well, a, book, well, a book. HBO
1: Max and J.K. Rowling's a bit of a twat. Is
0: a, bit of a turd. Yeah, that's, that's the
1: three big points we've made here today. Um, it'll be a quick, to It'll be a quick, what have we been doing lately, mate? Because uh, I don't think you've been up to much else, have you, besides this?
0: Not really, mate. I... Um, uh, I know there's, there's. We always say there's one thing we both watch on a Friday. So, but I'll, I'll mention that in a second. Other than that, mate, not really. I've been. I watched Mank recently, the new David Fincher film on Netflix, um, the biography of Herman J Mankiewicz, Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, because. For uh, well, firstly, I like film. Secondly, I is think David good Fincher's as, quality
1: is it as good as everyone's saying it is. Uh, I is
0: think I, it's good my review went out last Thursday and I give it seven and a half out of 10. It's everything about it is really so very good. But I'd, when I was watching it, I was just like, I'm watching a film here, but I never felt like engaged by, it. I never felt drawn in. I was just like, I'm watching a beautiful looking technical masterpiece with some very good performances, but I'm not really bothered by the characters and like what they're doing. I don't really, I wasn't sure. There was this massive connection issue. There was a spark missing that made it kind of like uh, something I was going to be absolutely engrossed in. I wasn't bored watching it necessarily, but I was never kind of like, I got, I got, I'm i like yeah, glued never, to the screen. There's a massive where, yeah. connection issue. Yeah. But it's really well made. I'd recommend it's really well made and it looks beautiful in black and white. Um, and it's going to be up there for Oscars come next April. But so I watched Mank. I um, obviously watched a couple of Potter films. I've just mentioned those. Uh, I uh, I watched a documentary. I watched this two weeks ago, but I forgot to mention it, and I've mentioned it to um, Hunky Potter. It's on Shudder. It's called Leap of Faith. It's William Friedkin on The Exorcist. It's an hour and forty-five minutes. I've added this. Watch later. I did. Oh,
1: mate, it's
0: it's not a documentary. It's that's what I. That's what I wanted to stress is that. A lot of people be like, bloody hell! Another documentary about how they made this bloody film. But it's a one-on-one discussion. It's Billy Friedkin in his very plush-looking home, talking to someone like an interviewer. And it's just a back and forward. It's a conversation where he's obviously talking ninety-nine percent of the time, but it's him recounting the film rather than uh, talk, rather than kind of like archival footage and stuff like that. It's really interesting, Did and there's things twa- in there
1: called cool tidbits that you didn't know. Then
0: it sort of mean it. Yeah, I was going to say there's thing, some of the things you know about. But there are bits in there like you. I wasn't aware of and whether that was like technical elements or story elements. And it's also it's just great to hear him talk about the film with such reference still. And it's an hour and 45 minutes long. So it's not like 20 minutes on YouTube and you're done. It's, it's a really, really good deep dive into uh, that film. And other than that, mate, Mando episode six I watched, which I thought was really very good. What did you think?
1: Yeah, same. I thought that someone was really, really good. Um, Boba Fett's... Uh, I love meeting Boba Fett.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do now.
1: Yeah, well, I was one of the dorks that liked him before and collected all the action figures. And I mean, my defence for him always was, people used to say to me all the time, well, he's just a dude in cool armour. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck's wrong with that? He's a dude in the coolest armor ever. He's just the, the, the silhouette of the coolest action figure-like character in a comic fan fiction character you could ever imagine. Is Boba Fett,
0: and that—that that, that was me basically. I—I I, I was one of those people you probably know. Who was like, he's a clown. He just—he looks cool, but he just gets buffed yeah, off easily. Jedi. Yeah,
1: if if I don't blame people for thinking that at all, but Mando is basically ended up being that character that everybody else thought Boba Fett was who liked him before, and there there is now.
0: And the the EU, the expanded universe, that's what a lot of people based their love and affection for Boba Fett on. Games as well,
1: man. Shadows of the Empire fighting him in a a jetpack
0: fight. So good. Everything the films didn't do was what people loved, and that's why when you say, I don't know Boba Fett, no, he's the ultimate badass. It's like, no, he got eaten by a Sarlacc and kind of just stood around. But in the obviously in the games in the EU they really expand even in the, in the new canon they've made him out to be a complete badass in the books comics sorry, but then live action I was like oh, what are they going to do with Bobo? how, how are they going to bring him back but again they did it so well they br- everyone is being brought in so well and this let's lie, and I, I said it on the sessions recap that the reason th- this whole episode was basically just uh, Robert Rodriguez John Favreau Floney basically saying look you've waited forty years for this here you go enjoy this yeah. and. Like like most people, I absolutely lapped it up watching Boba Fett just absolutely just tear people apart in the most incredible ways. But it it was fan service, but the best possible way, mate. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, The action was great in it. It was one of those ones where I I don't think you can dissect too much from it, apart from the fact it was just cool as shit.
0: Yeah, that's basically it. It's 30, 30 minutes. It's expanded the story. We know Grogu's on his way. Grogu's got it with Gideon. He wants to get Mayfield out, Bill Burr. So we're going to get that next uh, by the time this episode's out. Um, and then they're going to probably set up an Avengers team up in the last episode with bo and the Mandos. Hopefully Frog Lady comes back for a laugh because she's pretty, pretty handy of a blaster. Let's not forget. Um, maybe Boba's going to come back. A Jedi, which would probably be Ahsoka is going to come back. But there was just that, I don't know if you've seen it. I think you may have done. Somebody put it on Instagram Every Monday they're dropping these character posters of whoever kind of like character of the week on Mandalorian and they look wicked and they put all six together and then they put their left, like episode seven and eight was just like a, a silhouette with a question mark. It's almost it as to say, look, they're making a big deal of dropping these character posters every Monday. Who's going to be in a poster for seven? Who's going to be in a poster for eight? And, it's, and that's got me thinking like, that's a really good point. I mean, they could just reuse the character and put Mando on there, but... You know, there's two character posters which need filling, mm. and, and Grogues is called a Jedi. But I would just like to see um, Rosario so, come back
1: before we watch it. Before we watch it tomorrow, then what? What's your prediction on who this is? Because obviously, this is going to air after we've seen it. What's your prediction for who it's going to be that turns up the Jedi? Let's just say uh... for just just a prediction's sake that there is a there is a Jedi that's just going to turn up.
0: Okay, let's just say that. Let's just say it's in a world where it's definitely happening and it's it's, it's confirmed. Oh, God. Um,
1: Because people are throwing uh, out, like, Cal Kestis. People are saying Luke Skywalker's uh,
0: going to show up. I mean, this is Clone Wars Mark II. This is a Rebels continuation. This is Dave Filoni's... Part of it does slightly irk me a bit. It is like Filoni's love child going on at the minute of all these uh, references, which is good, but I just don't want it to become Rebels or Clone Wars extension, but... I imagine Ezra Bridger would be the one to come in because Luke Skywalker turns up. He's killing everyone, well not killing, but because he's a Jedi. But he's too to to schooling. Show to he's schooling everyone. Nobody's defeating Luke Skywalker. He doesn't have to kill Gideon or anyone, but no one's defeating Luke Skywalker. No. So. And not even just
1: as how powerful of a Jedi is, how big of a character he is. That's far too big for me for for him to be showing up. Yeah. And people might say that's a bit cynical, but. I, Luke Luke's too big, he needs his own story if he's going to be in a story for me
0: and they're relying on these characters which already exist in canon like the uh, film, the, the books the TV series and that so you've got to imagine that they're just going to pluck one from that it could be Cal Kestis but my only issue with that is the Jedi colon uh, series of games, EA and Lucasfilm and I have already said that, that they're developing their own story within those so to then say bring Cal Kestis out of that and be like spoilers for the games, I don't die. I can't see that.
1: Yeah, no, I can't see that happening, now.
0: Probably, Ezra, I reckon, but what about you?
1: Yeah, Ezra.
0: Ezra If it's it's not Ahsoka, then, yeah.
1: It would be weird if it was Ahsoka, if he just left her and then just called back to her and then she comes back and goes, oh, right, I'm back again, yeah, sorry.
0: My my thing on that uh, is that maybe when they had their like force... um, Discussion through their minds, the kinesi, telekinesis. Sorry, that they created a bond. Not not like Ray and Carla, but there's a bond. So could she she she's kind of like left a bit of herself with him. So she's kind of like following him to make sure he's all right, but also just to keep an eye on him. Yeah. And I reckon that she's probably she she sensed him on that stone because she knew he was going there. I reckon she sensed him. I reckon she sensed he's in trouble and probably just thought, you know what, I've got to into the fight now. Mm. But that. That, to me, the most likely is Ahsoka Tano, and I'd love to see Rosario again. I think she was great, um, but I mean, yes, that episode. If, if we're going by the character posters, the next one would probably be Bill Burr's character, maybe, and then maybe Ezra Bridger in the last episode. I don't know.
1: That would be, that would be, in a sense, like pretty well um, paced. If Ezra is the final big reveal. And then that's what's going to spin off into a different thing. And then the next Mando season, we're back to doing other stuff. Like, that would be well,
0: fine. I'm so glad you said that, because I literally just popped into my head that. I hope that season three kind of returns to season a more Mando-centric, where but where it's not quite like character I feel the like, thing.
1: I feel like season two, for me, just in summary, for me, has been more hype. But season one was more like, I think I'll watch season one more as a whole watch yeah because it's like its own thing isn't it it's like right this yeah, is yeah. mando this is his story whereas season two is more like again it's a in, in a great way for me is an extension of the larger star wars lore and universe but M- mando season one is like yeah that's what that's about it's mando and then the second season is more about star wars as a whole isn't it
0: yeah the galaxy. I don't but... think he's ever so, yeah. taken
1: a full back seat in his own story. It has still been him advancing the story and stuff, but he's always been that guy. He's, he's always been Mad Max or Clint Eastwood. He's that character. The story's not really about him. It's about everything that's around him. It's always been the case. And people like I see some people saying it's he's lost. It's not his story anymore. It's never been his story, has it? If it's been anyone's story, it's been Baby Yoda's story. Well, or, or at least Goku.
0: Or at least both of them like sharing the screen together. Whereas yeah. I, I can't, I can't see the point because when Bo Katan's with the Bo episode, everyone was talking about he took a backseat in that because you know they, they turned up in wrecked shop. Even at the first, even in the first episode, it ended with Boba Fett. People were talking about that. In the Ahsoka episode, obviously people were talking about Ahsoka. If Ezra turns up, people are going to be talking about that. In the last episode, nobody's talking about Manda, They're talking about Boba, and that's my biggest fear: is that nobody's talking about Din. They're talking about Bo and and even Frog Lady. But But he he does kind of service
1: as that, whether people like it or not, he does kind of service as that character, doesn't he, where he is Clint Eastwood, Mad Max, all these characters. That's what they
0: based him on. He does, but like like you've just said, quite rightly, the first season does focus more on him and and Baby, whereas the second one is, is a lot less. So they do feel like, and now it does feel like people are popping and taking his story away from him or doing all the work for him. Whereas last, last season, he was kind of like struggling along by himself. And I know you can't sustain that too much. but So I hope season three is more, is like a blend of one and two. Yeah, I want a blend. That's what I want. Mean. I don't want
1: all season one again, like with nobody turning up, because that would feel anticlimactic now. as yeah, much yeah. as much I'm a spoiled kid with this. So as much as I'm like, oh, I like that he's just doing stuff on his own. I was one of the biggest ones saying, I don't want anyone to turn up. Like, I don't want everyone Dying. to turn up. Remember me saying that constantly before this came out. And then I'm one of the ones now. I like, "Oh my god, us back! Ahsoka's great! Like I loved exactly it all."
0: Same here. My, my uh, opinion on all the characters have changed.
1: Yeah, may, maybe a, a sprinkling of them would be better.
0: Maybe yes, that exactly even be have- more
1: exciting. Maybe, maybe if we went episode one, two, three, and four of Mando, and nobody really showed up, and we had little missions with Mando, and then Ahsoka shows up, maybe we're all doing backflips even more.
0: I think so. I'd like. To, I'd like to see maybe like an entitled fan here. I'd like. I would love to see like five episodes next season where it is just Mando and and baby, I guess. And then like three episodes where it's other people involved. So you get, you get your fun with everybody else, but you're still focusing on the, the gunslinger, but I don't know. Who knows, mate?
1: Yeah. Who knows? Um... knows, uh,
0: Have you been watching anything else? That's literally all I've been watching other than like the back of my eyelids, but what have have you been watching anything, mate?
1: Uh, just little bits I've been playing little bits of stuff um, I'm just waiting for Cyberpunk to download uh, I'll probably finish after this recording and then I'll I'll be playing that and uh, yeah apart from that mate no not much
0: busy busy boys uh, as you're doing our own little things outside of the pod but uh, next week we've got an absolutely like ridiculous episode which I cannot wait for just like this one I've been looking forward to doing like I said, I'm not, I'm not um, the biggest fan of Potter in terms of like how many points I'd have on my fan card. I just love the world. Yeah, and that's I really I'm mean. a like really casual fan of Harry Potter.
1: Yeah. That's
0: it. I was really looking forward to diving into the world and talking about it. And I think about it, I've had a wicked time doing this, and um next week's one as well. I'm absolutely digging the idea of next week's one, but you'll have to wait for uh keep your eyes on the socials for that. But mm. before we end up on moving picture madness, something's turned up for me. <laughs> it says Matt on it, it's got my address, which I'm not gonna give, but um. I've been instructed by Hunky Potter to open it live on the pod. Would you like to give some just, background? I think it'd I
1: just be it? fun to uh, get your reaction to this, but I, I saw this a bit back and I decided to buy it, buy it, Matt, for Christmas, but you can just open it now because it's just arrived literally while we're recording. So
0: it, did. it was like, um it was like, well, it was like a, a game show. Like I'm in an important meeting. And I'm doing a pod. The door <laughs> opens behind me and this box is just handed to me like, very quietly. Um, so has very kindly bought me this for Christmas, which I'm a, uh, Slightly overwhelmed by that's very, very lovely of him to do so. Um certainly wouldn't expect it. And now I'm gonna open it live on air. I have no idea what it is. So if it's a snake and it kills me, <laughs> nice knowing That's it right. Okay, okay, well, guys, the box is open. In front of me now is some is a packaging. I can't see what it is, but there's some cut there's some paper. I've taken it off. Oh there's oh that's nice. There is a gift card not a gift card a gift thing it says hunkzilla from anthony <laughs> from Anthony is very formal right i'm going to get it out now and the packaging so it's it's wrapped in this um purple uh, like almost like a uh, not silk but purple fabric with a silver bow i've taken it out now i've taken it <laughs> out i've got i've got i've got it's, it's 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 a bow so i need to untie it it's funny cuz that knows what it is but i've got no idea so i'm untying the bow I'm looking inside now. Please don't be a spider. Oh, you naughty boy! <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> it is a it's a Pazuzu, ancient Mesopotamian demon statue. Yes, and he's he's got a bulbous penis as well. Let's go with oh, the penis Let me get it. Let get the. Let me refresh. Let me get this out. Oh, I can't wait for my. Get I can't the wait old for a bit this. <laughs> i cannot wait to get this demon stub out oh look at that i can't wait for olivia to see this my four-year-old. what does it look like out of yeah. the box then because obviously it's i didn't box it <laughs> it's in the box it, oh look at that and it's made out of like something something stone or something because it feels hard yeah i can't i can't do it just as how hard it is but um look
1: at the, that the ancient penis is hard
0: it is. It's very long as well. Isn't it? it gives me a bit of envy. My daughter's gonna love this when she sees it. Daddy, what's that? <laughs> I
1: was just thinking, where on earth are you gonna put it? Like you, you've got a little kid running around. Like,
0: what's this, oh, that? Mate, that is incredible. It's got a little bit in the back. The statue is an exact scale replica of the idol unearthed at the Merian archaeological dig of the 1970s. Yes, mate. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that, dude.
1: You're welcome, mate. I just I saw it ages ago, and I was like. Do you know what? Fuck it! I'll just wait until Christmas. But we haven't even managed to wait while Christmas, have we? You've already got it, so.
0: I no, thought... and, I, and I, had, I hadn't even. It's even wrapped up as well. A like, lovely little, lovely little bag here. That's really you nice. Have to that's get
1: that a, bag. a picture on the socials of the of the old ancient peen for everybody to see.
0: I will do, and I, I won't do like a scary replica of mine. But uh, <laughs> needless to say, Perseus' is more impressive than mine. But um, <laughs> this is incredible! Thank you very much for that, mate. I no won't, worries. When when the when the, uh, uh, when the time comes for a. Uh, a more suitable location when there's not a, not a child running around all the time, then I'll definitely put it out. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're going to have to hide it for now, aren't
0: you? Yeah, well, I'll go, I'll go into the Boston in a minute, actually. Go, mean, what's what's like?
1: Put a little pair of shorts on it, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and some sunglasses, yeah, hey. Yeah. Um, I'll post it on socials um, so you can all see what I've got. Sadly, I didn't film myself opening it. Oh, I'm really chuffed for that. Thank you, mate. What a lovely way to end in PM episode 17. It's The Christmas season has started now, so Hopefully next week, Ant can open one live on air as well.
1: <laughs> that would be, that'd be fun.
0: Yeah, we'll talk to you, And then every Christmas, we're going to open presents to each other. But um, Oh, well, in my Pazuzu haze, I'm going to have to bid farewell to everyone, but I hope you all enjoyed the Wizarding World episode as much as we enjoyed talking about it and everything we've mentioned. So all the uh, relating to the films and the books, let us know what you thought. Are you a fan of this? And obviously, of course, the stuff we mentioned about where do we go from here in terms of the franchise and people involved? What are your thoughts on that? Would you still support? Let us know about that. Cause we'd be really interested in that. But um, if the, if people are new to the show and they want to find us on the internet, where can they beefcake?
1: You can find us at, on Twitter and Instagram at MP madness pod. Um, keep shooting your messages, your DMS, your, your likes, your reposts, your, everything that you all do is great. It's a, massive help to us the biggest way you can support this show is just tell a friend about it repost it on your thing and tell your friends about it whatever it's all helping and uh yeah i'm i'm quite proud of the little little community we're building here mate with this
0: yeah i I was proud of the work we're putting in as well it's a good time each week and i'm glad people are liking it even if nobody listened we'd still do it because we enjoy doing it and that's yes. that's the genesis of the whole pod is that we enjoy doing it and we're just appreciative of the fact that well, people like listening in, tuning in and um supporting. So thank you very much for that, guys and girls out there. Um have a good week everybody. Enjoy the Mandalorian, enjoy your pop culture weeks. But until next time from me, see ya and from Anne. Peace.
1: peace.